I was going to say, is anyone quite shocked that Skype didn't have an update? Because <laughs> I was. I started up this afternoon and went, it's going to be like two hours worth of update. No. Oh, well, uh, it must be okay. Let's see, let's, how just... long, let's see how long it takes before it crashes and that's the end of that. <laughs> Someone's internet well, dies. Yeah. <laughs> so when the BT goes, wait, the conquistadors are back. Pull the plug, pull the plug. <laughs> this cannot happen. Welcome to the Conquistables. This week, the Conquistables invade AEW. What? AEW. Wait, do I own that one? I don't. Huh. You can forget it, pal. I'm not doing this if I don't own it. Huh. No way. I'm going to go put me some weights. Eat some meat. Yes, that's my baseball story. Here you go. Are we done with baseball now? No, oh, look at that. Sorry, Cameron. I do apologise. Uh, Having a life about, outside of wrestling. Let's talk about something uplifting wrestling. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the most depressing of all sports. Oh, well, this past few weeks it's been. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, because um, I watched, you know, that Vice TV show. The Dark Side of Wrestling. Yeah, so I found them on YouTube. I've got them all downloaded right now to watch. I've not managed to get to them yet. Yeah, I watched the Von Eric one. Oof. Well, that, the Von Eric is just Oof. basically play the game of which one's still alive. The answer is. I know the story. I know all the stories and all that. I know all that thing. But when you kind of put it within like forty minutes, it's like Jesus Christ. A roller coaster. Oh, a little bit. Oh boy. Most oh. of it ends up in a wood. Oh boy. Yeah, it's like just moving out from the woods. Move to a country where yep. you can't have guns. Yeah, so uh, uh, the squared circle, but wrestling. Are we, are we, are we actually start the podcast? Is that it? I, or is that I, I have no idea. I don't know, because you always seem to like, pick a random moment when it kind of drops in, and it's just like, <laughs> I don't know if we started or not. Oh, that's just our vibe, you know? That's it's, just just, how... it's, it's always like these little kind of like soft s- s- openings that we have, so we which, have is not, which is not a complaint. That's fine. The cold opening is like the boof. You know, the slap one. in the face. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. in our case, it's a stone cold opening because we've been gone for a while. Um, I think the last time we recorded anything was February. It yes. was. So it's I, approaching I six months. I blame holidays. Uh-huh. Right. People went on holidays. Yep. Yeah. Um, I redecorated my front room. So okay. I, I had to lamin- right. put down laminate floor rather than podcast, which is nice. Okay. I got, got some from B&Q. It was... Uh, this isn't the Laminate Floor podcast, is it? Um, no. This is being Q-cast now. <laughs> is anyone getting pile-driven onto that Laminate Floor? God, no, because if anyone damages exactly. it, I'm going to well, be Exactly, it's not about wrestling annoyed. then, is it? No. Uh, this is a side note altogether, but I'm assuming we've all seen Chris Rotary in DDT in the swimming pool. Yes. Yes. Getting That's dragged the... down a chute with the figure four leg lock. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> it was the, um, the drop kick down the water slide. Yes. And hitting him at the end of the slide. There's, there's just a video of them all coming down the slide, and the look in Chris Dixon's uh, face is just like, I'm in Japan, I'm doing this, I'm getting paid to play in a, a water park, I've won at life. Yeah. It's just, you, you know, you, you kind of feel depressed and you kind of see things that are terrible in the world, and then like a DDT video pops up, and you're like, yep. oh, and then it's just nice. And immediately I've had it linked to me at least four different times now. <laughs> It's like you like DDT. I'm like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> That's it. That was that was a a bright light in what's been quite a well dark couple of weeks. I'll say it's been, it's been a roller coaster of emotion since we were off the air. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much. Not really helped sort of a couple of weeks ago by um, um, Lionheart's passing at all. Yeah, that's that, that caught everyone off guard. That was a kicker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, um, oh, my God. It's one of those ones where you kind of look at when the news kind of filters through, as it does these days on social media. And, yep. you, you know, I, th- I don't know if it was you, you know, saying on Twitter. It's like it's one of those ones you don't ask yourself. The first question is not, oh, how? It's, it's why. why. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that because I, I was at work and idly flicking through Twitter um, while I was waiting for something to run. And I saw the news pop up and I thought, that can't be right. That can't no. be real. And then all of a sudden I saw more and more. And then I saw Mark Dallas post it and I thought, oh, fuck, this is real. Yeah. And you're kind of like thinking, is this some like really bad idea of a work? Mm, well, and yeah. that was my first thought of it. And I, don't I, think, I, I don't think he would stoop that low. No, I, I, that's what, that was what I was thinking. But my first <laughs> bigger thought was, is this some kind of crazy work? And then that was, you know, followed up I mean, three seconds later by they wouldn't be that. <gasps> that no. kind of thing isn't beyond the realm's possibility, I suppose. No, in I, the current, you know, environment. I hate to say the term reality era, but the social media kind of infused wrestling. Yeah, mm. yeah. You it's can like, see, like, you can definitely see, like, um, oh, what's his name? You know, uh, Vince Russo. It'll be a Vince Russo idea, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, it would totally be such a stupid Vince Russo idea. Yeah, totally. It's, but it's just the fact that the news, obviously, as you said, we live in the era of social media, and the news spread quickly, and then ev- immediately everyone was just—I think as shocked as everyone that saw the news initially, just like no way. And then I yeah. think over the following twelve hours, it was the realization of wait, he's actually gone. Yeah, it's actually oh, yeah, because yeah, it's always that. Exactly. Um, the, yeah, when you kind of like the routine that like you try to get into the routine afterwards it's like that person's actually now gone yeah exactly yeah exactly it's, it's yeah. been such a big part of the sort of renaissance of uk wrestling over the last 10 or so years i would say because over the last sort of like 10 years or so i think Lionheart has always been there in some capacity you know working uh british championship wrestling kamarak or when he's breaking into icw or he's down south doing wrestling, he's down doing Riptide. He's sort of at some point in time in the UK. He's kind of like what Gradle's doing right now. Every weekend he's somewhere, yeah, and he's contributing yeah. his own way to the sort of, I guess, revival of independent wrestling. Okay, obviously there is now NXT UK. There is now obviously um, companies like All Elite Wrestling, which we'll get onto shortly. And really, the fact that he's now no longer with us, it's difficult to take because he's been such big proponents of a lot of these companies for a long time and i know for a fact tonight next Preston set wrestling are holding a tribute show icw are holding a tribute show uh bcw are hosting a tribute show i think every single promotion is going to try in their own way to honor his memory and just really show that even though he's no longer with us that spirit will live on in in the future and it will continue to be a force because every single person that I've seen a, a clip it from has spoken so highly of him because he's always been a professional throughout. Even when he got his neck broken, he still yeah, AJ Styles yeah, AJ Styles yeah. Where people were eviscerating AJ Styles and nothing, he just simply took it as I tucked my head. He made, yeah, he made the mistake and just the class that he showed in his time. No matter what he was doing, if it was in the bottom of the card, if it was top of the card or if it was just an attack match he was the same person throughout and was he the current ICW champion? 
he, he still was, yeah, he was about yeah. yeah. He was. Yeah. Um, so that's... I don't even see what they're going to do with that. I mean, because it's like, how do you... I move... guess you could vacate it during a tournament. That's the only way I can think of doing yeah. it. But you'd almost like... I'd almost like want like a new belt. Does that kind of make sense? There was some suggestion floating around the other day that they, the, the idea was apparently floating that they might retire that design of the belt and then have that a new designed ICW title and then have a yeah. tournament for that title which would still be the ICW heavyweight championship, championship. but yeah. the, the, the design that Lionheart held would have stayed with him right. yeah, I, I can't think of anything comparable where somebody like holding a belt has died mm, no I'm struggling with it no, like, he, like you know, Guerrero he wasn't holding the belt was he I don't think no. he went um, neither was Owen Hart. Owen Hart. Um, Benoit. Benoit wasn't. No. So it's yeah, just, it's been weird just thinking about it over the last week or so that yeah. you know this guy I've seen in front of a hundred people in Kamarnock and thousands of people and, uh, hydro. and hydro is gone and it's yeah. it's weird. Um, it's really weird. My overriding memory of. Uh, Lionheart though isn't from an ICW show it's from a Target show mm. about a year ago uh, he was tagging with Shah Samuels against Polar Promotions and uh, it was known in Target circles as the the night they opened the decorators cupboard <laughs> they, 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 it was kind of turned into a false count anywhere and I think it was I can't remember who it was but someone Irish, it might have been Mark Coffey Irish whip Shah through like what he must have thought was just a, a door into a cupboard but it, it bust open, and then there was all the, they, they were decorating the club, and they must have just shoved all the paint rollers there, and the ladders <laughs> and things like that. So they just basically used that as like the hardcore thing because all the ladders and the paint trays and like the the rollers that they had out just got like it was basically turned into a, a hardcore match set in a B and Q. Yeah, pretty much it did. <laughs> but uh, during the entrances, um, Lionheart was uh, walking past some kids in the crowd who were just like you know because he was playing heel. They were just like pointing at him, you know, going, ah, you're rubbish, you know, this kind of stuff. And he grabbed their hands kind of gently and then just turned them round and made, like taught them how to flick the V. And then went, no, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Just do that. Good. Now go and show your mum. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, like, if I'm going to take joy from the situation like of Lionheart's past, and then that'll be my overriding memory. Oh, yeah, because it's got to be like sad this you've got to kind of focus on all the positives. Like you said, yeah, like, the, yeah. the impact he had across... Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the, the industry and everything. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. Storyline of the Lionheart as a fanny, Lionheart as a hero. Storyline in ICW. That is pr- probably one of the best storylines that they've had in a while. And the fact that it was literally just after Lionheart returned from what could have killed him very yeah. easily. Oh yeah, easy, him. easy. And but. the fact he was back and doing his thing. And I mean, it's only as I think that this the weekend before he passed, he was in the ring and all was good. And well, they, he had um, he had a title match and yeah, one of the Fight Club ones, didn't he? I can't yeah. can't remember the name of the guy he was wrestling. Uh, uh, it was one of the newer guys. I don't yeah, it was one of the newer that. guys. But anyway, but um, yeah, and he'd, he'd he'd won that, and yeah, to think that you know three days later he was dead is just still sends chills. Yeah, I mean, I'm not quite on a level with it just yet, but you know, but there you go. I think it's going to take time, and I think yeah, eventually things will move on but I think right now everyone especially the Scottish scene is taking this one really hard and I think it's going to be a while before yeah. things return to whatever normal is in this world of professional wrestling but 
I think it's going to be a very different world without him there. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I hope what he did and what he influenced will continue and flourish because no, exactly. it deserves to be. It does. It does. And um, yeah, all the best to yeah, thoughts, with, thoughts with his family. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, I guess, how do we segue out of that? Let's talk yeah. about dicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into that later on. Um, <laughs> Where is Al? No. Um, uh, oh, oh, we no. should probably mention that first because we're going to move on to the show we're talking about. But obviously, there's only three voices you're hearing so far, mm. and the Jordan yeah. one isn't here. Oh. Why, why, why would he not turn up to a Conquistadors podcast? Because it was my pick. stage apparently we've all we've all told him that it has to be on the network now we've never actually specified which network he takes this is the WWE network so therefore he had a little strop that we picked to show that's not on the WWE network oh, so why would we do that the networks if you look in the right place well yes. yeah I thought it was on the, I thought it was on New Japan's network which I like could not find the bloody show on there at all it was at one point but I think because of events that have transpired they've removed yeah, the show <laughs> yeah I was a bit like right I can't see it anywhere but thankfully yeah. Ewan had a working YouTube link I felt a Yay. bit bad not paying for it but it's that's too fast you can there are other ways you can help reimburse for that though coming up yep well this is true but um, uh, I guess is there anything else we want to cover before we jump into the main event? Uh, no, I'm 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 good. I'm good. Although I did text, I will say before we like move on to the mm-hmm. main show, I did text Al at one stage and tell him that he was missing a pay per view that featured not only Sean Mooney but the gen- <laughs> but the genius. Yes, and he did. He did express a small twang of regret. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine so, the points of the show that would have kind of tickled his interest as well. Yeah, exactly. Because. Yeah. Because this is a show designed, I think, for people like us, i.e. old the wrestling last fans. fans. Yep, uh, this yep. is we're designed for. And also, Al does like a giant penis, so. <laughs> well, or eight, of, or indeed eight of them. Yes. Well, yeah. But anyway. But, but anyway, so this is all my fault. This was was my picking. The explanation was the last show we did back in the time when dinosaurs roamed the earth. um, What was the show? I forget what it was now. We did the last show. The last recording. WrestleMania 10? Yes. Yes. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was WrestleMania 10. Uh, I think the connection they had there was I think it was sort of an evolution and a beginning of something anew because WrestleMania 10 was the sort of signpost for the attitude data. And the way I sort of connected it together was this particular show was the beginning of what we now know as All Elite Wrestling. So I've decided to bring us to the near past last year. Uh, not even well, September last ago. year. Yeah. Uh, really, yeah. 
So today on the Kinky Stabors, we are reviewing Cody and the Young Bucks present All In live from the Sears Center Arena in Chicago, Illinois for a crowd of 11,263 totally sold out. Yes, because it sold out within seconds, the odd minutes, <laughs> or something, hour, like yeah. Yeah, something like that. It was something like that. Yeah. Um, it also is the first non-WWE or WCW um, promotional professional wrestling event in the United States to sell ten thousand tickets since nineteen ninety-three. Yeah, that's an impressive wow. start. This is a this is a company with no TV. No, no TV deal. Nothing yet. Just this all, a, all this, this as an indie show as indie show can get because albeit they had the Ring of Honor banner by him doing the production. Everything else was up to three men. Yes. <laughs> Which is, yeah, because this all started with a tweet, didn't it? Yep. Your man Meltzer, someone asked Dave Meltzer, would an indie show ever sell out 10,000? He was like, nah. Yep. And I think and it was Cody of the Bucks was like, I'll take that, I'll take that bet. Yep, and it was a one dollar bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think yep. it, it kind of was the right, obviously, you know, it clearly was the right time for it because it's, obviously mm-hmm. it's been the groundswell of the indies for since, what, 2010? Yeah, 2010-11. Right about that time. Yeah, 2010-2011. People yeah. just got sick of what they were seeing and obviously the year we're living in just now, you know, I haven't watched WWE for over nearly a year and a half because of varying factors. And I think a lot of people are like me and possibly yourselves are just sick of the product as is and we're looking for an alternative. And yes, there was the indies, but there was a gap in the market for something to compete on the level of WWE. TNA were kind of trying to do it, but they can't because, you know, they're on a channel that I think has got the viewership of two people. <laughs> or at least they're uh, their ratings. And they are, are they not yeah. doing Twitch now? They're on Twitch, yes, so that's helping things I think, a little to bit. Be honest, to be honest, uh, Ewan, I might be right in saying this. I think e- both you and me have been on Twitch recently. I think our viewing figures are probably better than TNA's. Uh, mine definitely are. <laughs> Yours are. Z. Yeah, mine probably not, but you know, that's why I said combined. I was trying to make myself look better. Oh, I still love you. You know Thanks. That. Thanks. <laughs> wow. But, um, Often yeah. a vicious start with uh, the interplay between the Kinkish boys is getting quite brutal straight away, I know that. Well, Al's not oh. here, so, you know, we have to do something. He can make kits for the bullying, doesn't he, I suppose? Exactly. Yeah. But it's... This show was really the sort of genesis of what was to come, and yeah. I think, look, just doing a very quick review of it now, definitely the seeds were being planted here for what we now know as All Elite Wrestling, and, you know, the fact that now... As we're recording this tomorrow night, they're going to have their second ever show out under All Elite Wrestling in the form of Fighter Fest. Yep. Um, and by this, the autumn, they're going to have a weekly two-hour TV show on ITV in the UK and TNT in America. And yeah, that's, TNT I mean, that's in already America. a better TV deal, TV deal than TNA ever had in the UK. I mean, Challenge was in a few, probably in the comparable number of homes. Yep. But. It was Challenge TV. It doesn't have the kind of brand recognition of ITV, does it? So no. no, really. You don't think when you know a wrestling show would be snuck in between <coughs> episodes of Bullseye? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, some it, the, the order got mixed up, and they had the commentary of Bullseye over some wrestling. Oh God! Can you imagine if Jim Bowen was introducing all the people as they walked in the ring? Because Jim Cornette these days. So yeah, he'd be like the British Jim Cornette. He'd just be so <laughs> oh, amazing. He'd be introducing them, kind of going. Right then, and uh, to my right, uh, where are you from? Uh, you're from Barnsley. Uh, have you got a jump? No, you're unemployed. Tough, tough. It's tough at the moment, isn't it? Tough at the moment. Yep. Anyway, you're going to be fighting this match against Bobby here. Yeah? 
<laughs> and you're going to be fighting. He wouldn't have a tennis racket when he could do it from up north. He'd have like a whippet or something. Yeah, he'd have like a whippet on a leaf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Walking down to the ring with it. And, Just and as the a prize... quick aside, mm-hmm. if ITV have got like, tied up with um, All Elite Wrestling, mm-hmm. what's happened to the World of Sport thing? Because that was obviously on a Saturday night TV show for. Uh, I suspect it's probably dead because the viewing figures for that were not Mm. good. I think I watched the first few episodes. I couldn't watch it because the camera work was horrific. Yeah, it it was was terrible. (laughs) You could tell it was like a um, like a two hour show carefully edited into like half an hour of action. It was quite tough for the matches, but I love Barrett and I love Barrett. You know. Well, yeah, but, you know, I couldn't focus on it because I was getting, like, 8 million zoom-ins on one move Yeah, with eight different camera cuts. They also seemed alarmingly afraid of any kind of majorly high spots as well. Was it not like, was it not like El Ligero just went over the top rope again? Yeah. It was like El Ligero versus Zach Gibson, I remember watching on that show, and he kind of went flying over the top rope, El Ligero, and they cut away to the crowd as he crashed yeah. on from the outside. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you doing? I think I got two yeah. episodes and I just went, fuck this. I mean, it was a brave thing for them to do. Like, it was what it was on a Saturday oh, yeah. night on a mainstream channel. I mean that you, you can't fault them for that. Just the product itself wasn't the best. Wasn't I think the, the ghost of Gladiators hung large over that one. <laughs> yeah, because it was see that. very much produced and looked in the same way, but just with the wrestling show attached to it. Very campy. I yeah, have a very long was... conversation about not putting the Gladiators theme in now. As long as, as long as you can have a little um like section of like jet, then that's okay. But we can't see a, what, what a, a, an audio version. Just a voice will do. Oh my goodness! <sighs> All right, okay, lost camera for a few minutes now. Yeah, we'll do. We'll move on now. Yeah, I was quick. I was fourteen when Gladiator started. I bet you were. You're never mind. I'm not going to say what I just was thinking there. By the end of the first series, he was a man. There we yep. go. <laughs> Those long, long Scottish winter nights flew by. (laughs) My favourite subjects at school were music, art and languages. If I hadn't sort of gone into the artistic side, I'd have definitely gone into doing languages. I really enjoyed that. I moved away at 16 to study dance in London and um, I lost by accident. Um, Can I show you my war wounds? Cheese grater, Mark, can you see that? Atmosphere. Skytrack. Um, I'll cut the war wounds because I haven't got many like some of the others. <laughs> I'm a bit of a wimp, really. No. Jet's actually quite. Um, I tend to think there's two sorts of gladiator athletes. We've got to be able to do all the events, but I tend to be better at the more calculative events, if I can say that. Hang tough on the wall. It's not the wham bang, let's get angry and show lots of aggression. You, once the whistle goes, you've still got to remain quite. This is all I do before the event. I just go. And people think she's mad. Before Gladiators, I was very fortunate to have graduated from my performing arts college. Um, I actually went to two colleges to study dance. I went to contemporary dance school, which is like pure dance, if you know what I mean. It was wonderful. I really enjoyed it. But then I moved on to a performing arts college, which does more commercial acting, singing and dance, which made me more 
capable of working in today's sort of TV industry. So before Gladiators, I did quite a bit of TV, I did feature film, big feature feature series with Universal Pictures and HTV. That was called The She Wolf of London, and I was that wolf. Um, I was quite bizarre. So all in, yes. All in, yeah, right. Oh, Andy, all in. Chicago. <laughs> I, w- I was all in. Yeah, well, no, actually, that 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 wasn't the first uh, match. Well, the battle royale. What was it? I don't remember. Oh no, it wasn't. I apologise. I've got my show notes in the wrong order. <laughs> so we had two pre-show matches, um, which was called was it the buy-in? I think I don't remember. I think so because there's a lot of gambling stuff to it, isn't it? Premium <laughs> stuff to it about. Yes. That, that was, was a gamble. That was double or nothing, wasn't it? Um, double or nothing at the buy-in. And what's the pre-show called for this then? Um, anyway. They just had they just had the over-the-budget battle royal for this one, didn't they? Last September. Well, it was that, and also the SoCal Uncensored match. Oh, I didn't know they had another one. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know no. that. Anyway, <laughs> it's not important. So, the- <laughs> so like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, so we interested. Oh, we've really? made. We're, I'm just thinking about Jet. Okay. <laughs> so, we've lost him completely. Just move on. Show opens. We get a shot of Justin Roberts in the ring, who is one of the most underrated announcers out there, in my opinion. This was the first moment where I thought they're they're really going for laps WWE fans here. Here's all the get, let's get a group of guys who've been pissed off with the WWE and have been sacked. <laughs> get them in there. Yeah. And let's give them a job here because yeah. here he is. And he's um, great. I love and Justin he, oh yeah, Roberts. Justin Roberts is great. Why the hell did he leave the WWE again? Was he just, just sick of it? Was just sick of the bullshit. Or was he just another one of GBLs? Like, I can't remember. I'm sure he was on a podcast talking about it. May have had something to do with it. But I think it was just mostly just pissed off at the what you had to do. Fair enough. <laughs> well, we had that, and uh, our commentary team, who was there for the entire evening, was Don Callis, Excalibur, and Ian Riccoboni, who was the Ring of Honor contingent. At least Don the Callis is the TNA guy, and he yep. also does the New Japan commentary, doesn't he? For is it Access does, TV? yeah, he does the English Access TV, does the English yeah. New Japan commentary. What do we think about three man booths? I like it if it's organised. I don't like yeah. it; if it's a complete mess. And those because, ones are also clear. You got the you know, play yeah. by play. Than somebody else, <laughs> and then the, you know you, you heal you heal voice. Riccoboni was for play by play. Excalibur was adding the color to these independent stars people may not have known of, and Don Callis was there to be Don Callis. Yeah, just be the kind of um, Jesse Ventura kind of yeah, towing the line between face and heel, mm-hmm. but at the same time contributing and not just being a dick for no reason. <laughs> it's a hard line to play, isn't it? It is, but I think it does quite well with it. Yeah. Yeah, but I think he's like his he history. He's always been a good talker. Like yeah. when he was in the WWF, I think they they saw him more as like a manager figure rather than a wrestler. Yeah, because he, he was in uh, ECW was Cyrus the Virus. Yes, so yeah, was, uh, so yeah he's a good the, fit as that kind of character in a booth. Yeah, but uh, match opened up. It was the nineteen person over the over budget battle royal. So the winner of this match was to face Jay Lethal later on that evening for a shot at the Ring of Honor World Championship. Now, mm-hmm. we were joined by a fourth member of the announced team in the form of Dalton Castle, who was out injured recovering from, I think it was a back injury of some kind. And uh, when asked how excited he was for the show, he replied with going, I've been hydrating all day, I've been eating cheesecakes since this morning. And basically Dalton Castle's in full Dalton Castle mode. I'd love me some Dalton Castle. Yeah, he's, he's great. <laughs> he's just I don't know if you've watched any of his YouTube stuff it's magnificent <laughs> it's a fast selection of jumpsuits it's brilliant yeah so shall I run through the 19 names in this match go on 
So, in no particular order, here are all 19 members of this roster. We had Moose, Brandon Cutler, Chucky T, Trent Barretta, Rocky Romero, Cheeseburger, The Hurricane, Ethan Page, Tommy Dreamer, Jimmy Jacobs, Punishment Martinez, Austin Gunn, Billy Gunn, Marco Stunt, Brian Cage, Jordan Grace, Coke Cabana, and finally, everyone's favourite, Billy Ray. A, um, certainly a mix of characters. It's a smorgasbord of independent <laughs> talent and relative unknowns. Yeah, but I think that's probably what it's designed for, isn't it? It's for the kind of yeah. some names who can't may not necessarily be enough for the main cards or yeah. be able to go long enough for the main card, but they also mix in some other folk in there as well just to kind of get people aware of them. So. And then you just have Jordan Grace there being Jordan Grace, which is incredible. Suplexing people over her shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just repeatedly. Like it's nothing. Pretty much. You had Brian Cage there just being skinny. I wasn't sure about Bully Ray being in this just because... You're like, not, the, we're not the only person to express that opinion. He's really old. Yeah. But when it kind of, we get into the grit of it, like, he just knows how to get heat. Well, yeah, because he's a dick. Well, there's that. So it's probably like, you know, most of it's real, but like, um, skip, <laughs> skip ahead. When it's just down to him and Colt, the hometown boy Colt versus Bully Ray. Yeah. That's, that's a hot crowd. a hot crowd. Well, it's, yeah, it's Cabana, It's Chicago. Yeah. It's the independent past hero, I suppose. Yeah, well, I think you know, a lot of the independent boom can probably be put at Colt's feet just because of pro wrestling tees. Yep, like helping set that up, which helped get the independent guys money, which meant they didn't have to go to WWE, and it just became this ball and down the hill, didn't it? Yeah, and I think just from the fact that Colts wouldn't have seen that long and he's he's gone through the hard times he's gone through the good times and I think yeah. he's seen as a sort of almost father figure to a lot of people who are trying yeah. to either break in or yeah. try to establish a presence yeah good old Colt and then you had um, you know people like uh, Marco Stunt who at this point it was literally very fresh to the scene mm-hmm. but the crowd were already behind him even though he is a beanpole <laughs> Which is what you want in the wrestler, isn't it? Yep. And then we get the other side of the spectrum, the hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> I thought was um, I thought he was still in WWE, but I'm guessing he's left. Yeah. He left ages ago. Oh, he did. I thought he was still with him, but never mind. Yeah, so it's like having him crop up and it's just it's just a big big dumb spot fest, isn't it? Like stuff just oh. happens. It kinda of goes from comedy to daft stuff to Yeah. Action is all a bit of it. Like I say, like I think Shinobu's board is quite a good um, term for it because it just kind of picks in all like all different kinds of wrestling, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Over the course of it, about twenty minutes or so. Twenty minutes or so, yeah. Yeah. I think they gave away this match free on their YouTube channel at the time because I remember seeing this at the time. Yeah, this was this and the SoCal Senses match was on YouTube. It was live on WGN in America, mm-hmm. and it was basically been broadcast as many venues as they could to get the word out saying hey if you like this it's however much it was buy in yeah oh, that was cool that was yeah. cool I, I remember that Billy Ray was a dick why did, <laughs> I don't know why the Billy Ray character was never allowed to be in the WWE because it would involve them having something to express themselves and that's not allowed I think Billy he was on I want to say Jericho's podcast and he was mm-hmm. talking about it basically I think he pitched it but they said no oh, there was something to do like how they wanted to run it like they wouldn't 
like fully let him go into the bully Ray character because they couldn't be called a bully because of the make star stuff. Oh yeah, the PS star uh, stuff. It's all that kind of thing. But like, I think his He's point just... was like he's supposed to be a bully and in, in the end yeah. like you'll get his comeuppance by putting you know whoever, whoever is going to be the baby face he's going to get put over will be put over so but you know he didn't he left yeah. D1's there to, you know as a producer and Bully Ray's just you know just harassing fans pretty much well literally yeah because that's that's yeah. what he does so I think like having him even though you would kind of want somebody I don't know like because like, they they pretend he's one then swerve and then Flip Gordon comes in and he's actually one because everybody wants Flip Gordon to actually get into onto oh, the card uh, it's not Flip Gordon initially it's uh, Chico El Luchador oh I do apologise get it right Phil. the masked man who at the start of this match is powerbombed through a table by Mr. Ray <laughs> and <laughs> it's dead it's yeah that's what I mean like a, a table spot in a battle royal match is you know that's quite a good place to start <laughs> Gets the crowd going. Gets the crowd going. Didn't uh, Tommy Dreamer come out and just just with load of weapons just because? Yeah, why not? Just because it's Tommy Dreamer. You Tommy know he's still Dreamer working at like a normal full time schedule. I know. He's just like how he's still like on his feet makes no sense, but he is. Well, yeah. For a lot of the BCW guys, the fact they're still on this earth at the moment is a miracle. It's a right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, so we get uh, to the end. Uh, Flip Gordon wins, and he's now on the card facing yes. Jay White for the RH title. Jay Lethal. Jay White. What am I saying? It's very late. Although Jay White versus Flip Gordon would be all right, actually. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be okay. I'll edit that out. It'll sound much better than that. No, you won't. No, I won't. I'll keep no, it in. Just, just admit you're okay. It's all right. Yeah. You're good. It's all right. So, so, the main show, all in. We're just skipping the other... Pre-show match. Well, I didn't watch it, so yeah. Okay. Well, it was the Briscoes against Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky. It was fine. Good. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we spent that long on it. Yeah. It went 12 <laughs> minutes. It was okay. So, anyway, show. get from Gladiators. No, sorry. I was born in Middlesbrough General Hospital in Cleveland in Teesside, and I've got one brother and one sister. They're both quite a bit older than me. I'm not forgiven for saying that. Um... At the age of six, I was inspired by Olga Corbett to be a gymnast. And so I became a gymnast up until the age of 13. I was in the British Gymnastics Squad, North of England champion for about four years during that time. I enjoyed it, but it was hard work. And I gave up while I was at the top with my dad saying, always give in while you're at the top. Just, just the best review ever. It was 12 minutes, it was fine. <laughs> that was the don't want to see. We've got like another like 11 matches to review. Well, gonna, I'm trying to crack onto it. Jesus yeah, Christ! Yeah, I know. This is it. You know, I think it's nearly ten to ten already. Um, <laughs> we're we're going to have to we're going to have to have a klaxon go off during this uh, car bow when we run down the matches. Of this match features a wrestler that Cameron's met in Carlisle. Oh, <laughs> Here <off>. we go. <laughs> so the klaxon goes the off mic. for the first match. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Yep. Phil, uh, please edit a klaxon or something again. I will. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Maxwell, Maxwell Jacob Friedman has wrestled in Carlisle yep, and, and one of the best awesome because we managed to get his promo about how someone in Carlisle had called him a chav and he didn't know didn't know what a chav was so we had to google it and he was categorically running down the reasons why he's not a chav okay. <laughs> before he started his match it was hilariously brilliant. That does actually sound quite good. I like, I like yeah. him, Jeff. Like he just seems to be like a, such a dick heel. It's brilliant. 
Yeah, it's, I was just going to say with that's Cameron Elderly as well. He is one of the best heels in independent wrestling right now. Uh, well, when he first came on to being in the, being the elite, and he's like all kind of nice with Cody, and Cody mm-hmm. walks off, and he's just like a massive dick to people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me up every time. Yeah. And Matt Cross, otherwise known as MDoc20, feels like he's been on the scene for what feels like decades. He looks both very young and very old at the same time. It's quite creepy, <laughs> isn't it? And I don't know how he achieves this. <laughs> It's a strange combination. He just but, like, uh, sort of ridiculously to the outside of the ring, like early on. It's like, really? What? Yeah, that's just his you style. You shouldn't be able to do that. You appear to be old. He is massively all over the place. Like, this match is a really cracking star. Yeah, it's, it's wild from the Yeah, you want to come out of the gate flying. You know, this is your big hello to everyone who's plumped in the money for the show. You want something good to begin it, and this definitely did the job. Um, the crowd are the crowd all night are going crazy, but I think the whole setup of the the ramp itself was incredible as well. Yeah, it's pretty. It's like for the set and everything, it's really good. Like I know the ring was supplied by Ring One, but I'm not sure how much else you know to get to the screens and all that kind of stuff. Well, also, this match is absolutely crazy. Um, it's all focused around basically grounding uh, Cross, as far as MGF's concerned, because he knows the minute Matt gets in the air, that's bad times coming. Yes. I'm going to jump off the top rope and land on my head. As I was yep. telling you, and though I think it was, it was you, I said too, wasn't it? Well, the bit yeah, I liked yeah. about this match is there's a moment where MGF stomps on uh, M Dog's arm, and then two minutes later, M Dog's doing a moonsault, but he's holding that injured arm behind his back and selling it, even whilst <laughs> doing a moonsault. Yeah, mm. and that to me was like, yes, oh my god, psychology. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that's it the, is. Yeah, that's what. That's how we do it. I remember. It, in some other companies, that would be like, oh, it hurts for like five seconds, and he'd be back doing his moves again. And, and it'd just be like, whatever. This is also in a flippy match as well. Don't forget that. Oh, yeah, it's a flippy, flippy doodah match, but it's, an, it's, it's a really good flippy doodah match. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a solid start to the match. Uh, it's really good. Matt Cross wins. Uh, what did he do with? I forget. Uh, MGF goes for a moonsault, misses it, and tweaks his knee. And then uh, M Dog comes at him with a cutter. And right, then yeah. gets a shooting star, and then three. Yes, that's it. Goes about yep. ten minutes. Um, yeah, about ten to twelve minutes. Yeah, good start to the show. And then Sean Mooney pops up. Yes. Yeah, I know. As soon as he said the words, which point? At which point I was like, "What?" Yes. Look, there, there is the first of a couple of rough edges when the um, the announcers say, "Oh, you know, Sean Mooney's now going to be here with uh, you know Christopher Daniels." Oh yeah, and it's Nick Aldis. And it's not Christopher Daniels. <laughs> it's Nick Aldis. Good, good work. <laughs> Can we have the um, can we have the Carlisle Claxon again for Nick Aldis, please? Jesus Christ! Yeah, there you go. Just gone off. But he's, he gives off some serious Bockwinkle vibes, doesn't he? Like like the way he kind of carries himself. Yeah, when, he's down, when he's got that and just his magic and belt, mm-hmm. it feels like you know any of the great champions of the past. It just suits him that belt mm-hmm. on his shoulder. But will it be there for the rest of the night, you and we'll soon find out. I guess we'll find out in a little while. But yeah. How good is Sean Money looking? Looking really good. He was good when he popped up in the Edge and Christian show. Great. Mm. It was just, I was like, oh my God, he's actually Sean Mooney. They're not taking the piss. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not a badly bought out um, artist. It's actually Sean Mooney who, like I say, he looks great. And it's perfect having him for this interview for what it is because you could have a sort of more modern interviewer, but the fact it's Mooney and the fact it's the AWA World Series is interviewing, it just works. Yeah, fits, yeah isn't it? exactly. It's, it's um, it, how? I mean, it seems to be in the last sort of year, eighteen months that the NWA title's been like brought back into some kind of prominence <laughs> from the crap it was in before. Yes, 
essentially. So that's it. They've done a really good job. Is it not like Billy Corgan? Yeah, it's Billy Corgan of the Smashing yeah, he Pumpkins. The... He has a controlling yeah. interest in How metal is that? It's crazy. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah, because it's part of it when he was buying out bits of him about wrestling, wasn't it? Yeah. You, you forget that Billy Corgan's a massive wrestling fan. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, massive. And... He's just crazy. You, you know, if you looked at the Smashing Pump, <coughs> you thought, one day he'll own a, a section of the NWA. Yeah. <laughs> the next match. Yes, is Christopher Daniels against Stephen Arrow Amell. Now, I've written down the line here. I'm not sure if it was said in the show or if I made the joke up. Mm-hmm. But I wrote down Jerry Lynn, the whole refing show. That was Did you say that in the commentary? commentary. Ah, and- damn it. Ladies and gentlemen, the special guest referee for our next match. He is the new refing show, Jerry See what they did there? <laughs> I, I even caught that one. He's going to be hawking T-shirts after after that. Wow, I would too. Everybody's buying everything here. It's amazing. Hercules Jerry Lynn looking. I know Jerry Lynn's looking amazing. Yeah, he's looking like Sean Mooney levels of amazing. <laughs> yeah, just like how are you doing it? He's looking like Jet from Gladiator. No, he's no. Oh. No. Um, I did lots of bits and bobs and commercials and things, and. I teach. I, what, what happened on graduating is I think today, I mean, this is why I teach teenagers, particularly 11 to 18 age group, is you've got to have so many skills to survive today, to get through. You've got to stick in at school, do all your hobbies, and just take whatever strain goes. But you've got to keep um, self-sufficient, basically. So I'm teaching self-sufficiency with my kids because I teach dance and fitness down in Surrey, where I've moved to. Is that played to Stephen Mel, though, for, you know... Oh yeah, well, into the wrestling. He had that match at um, SummerSlam, like what two or three years ago now. With Stardust and oh. um, with yeah, Neville. the Star- Stardust <coughs> and Neville and, and the Cosmic King Wade Barrett. Oh, Wade Jesus. Barrett, which obviously hardly anyone is left in the WWE anymore. That was in that, <laughs> that match, worked, just thinking worked about out really well for them all. That didn't worked it? out really well for all four of those guys. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. He, did, he did another match before this, didn't he? I think he did like a sort of warm-up match, I think. Yeah. Um, Basically, because he was training for months beforehand, but I think it was really to make sure he was ready for it. And the fact he was in the ring with probably one of the best people to get a relative new guy through a match. Mm. I love Christopher Daniels. I've always loved him from his Ring of Honor days. Throughout everything he's done, I've always kept a tab on where he's been and what he's doing. And he can't do any wrong by my eyes. He's just brilliant. Yeah, no, he's like the whole match, like his kind of... Dickish, cocky feelness yeah. to ML's plucky. You know, mm. I can, I can do wrestling. I can is yeah. just, like it's just a great combination between the two of them. And of course, you've got the other two members of SoCal and Censored out there with him in the form of Kazarian Scorpion Sky, and they obviously interacted their own way to try and thwart off the the plucky, so to speak. Yeah. And the crowd could have turned on this match. They could have just went, we're not willing to accept this. This is an actor coming mm-hmm. into a wrestler, wrestling Christopher Daniels, but mm-hmm. the fans get on board, and my God, they get on board. And within the first couple of minutes, he shows that he's he's in this because he's well, he's quite good at it. Yeah. I think if he was like had like a first couple of bits of offense, sort of like you know, Shane McMahon level punching. Yeah. Then he'd be everyone they would have shit on it then. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a big chop fest, isn't it? They're both like kind of wailing on each other. And you kind of think, yeah, yeah he's he's all in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pardon much. the pun. Somewhere yeah. Kent is smiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
exactly. But the, there's a moment in this uh, match, by the way, where Don Callis refers to Christopher Daniels as this kid. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, really, Don? Really? Well, technically to Don, he is a kid, isn't he? Well, this is true. Not by much, though, but... <laughs> Not by a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of probably. Thinking he's probably one of the oldest guys on this car. <laughs> I think so, in an active role. Um, yeah. But this this match, is a, it's very simple, but it does have its flashes of quite potentially dangerous stuff in it. Oh, there's a big table you know, spot to oh, the yeah. outside, isn't there? Yeah, that, for example. And, of course... Amel doing it as well, you know, the untrained... <laughs> newbie to the to the scene like is it like from the top rope to the outside through a table yep which is just so, crazy when you consider it yeah I mean that would be a rough bump for like a, a full time wrestler to take let alone yeah you know what someone in their like second or third match is this the coast to coast yes yeah uh, you want to know the best bit about the coast to coast though go on right Amel does the coast to coast yeah uh-huh. a few a few minutes later um Crystal Daniels kind of does math up a moonsault mm. and kind of doesn't kind of whiffs it a bit but the commentary team kind of cover for him by saying oh, he didn't get all of that because he's probably still rock from the coast to coast yes and it's like stuff like that little details like that brilliant you get like wrestling yeah. commentators who know about wrestling whereas if it was on Monday Night Raw you'd get Michael Cole going what a move yeah what a manoeuvre and then it's just be like, yeah. well, uh, maybe he didn't get all of that, and uh, but no, here it's like yeah. didn't get all of it because he's probably still rock from the coast to coast before. Yeah, it's yeah. covering. For, it's, but I mean, the both intention is to cover for the guy in the ring, but yeah, exactly. one way does Probably. it in a way that makes sense, and the other way looks like you're trying to force something through that clearly didn't happen. Yeah, but they do it in a way that emphasises the sport aspect mm. of it. Yes, the fact that this is a sport we're meant to be watching. The, because this is meant to be a legitimate sporting piece, even though everyone in the crowd knows it's not. But if the commentary team present it in such a way that if you did know, you would be perfectly okay with accepting it's legitimate normal level. We'll probably, or I'll probably add more to the conversation about crowds knowing that it's a work, but getting into it anyway when we get to the Joey Ryan bait. Oh, yes. (laughs) Because I think I could probably... You know, when I when I was watching it, I was like, "Going, I can imagine the coronary that Jim Cornette's having right now." Well, to be <laughs> fair, I wish we should finally have the one that would kill him. But that's just oh, my personal view. No, no, no. Well, I, I mean, we'll go into it a bit later. But I'm in a position where I, I like Jim Cornette, but Ooh. can kind of see, yeah, no, why he's wrong. We'll get, to, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get but to anyway, that. Um, Crystal Daniels wins eventually after. Amel counters an angel's wings, gets a two, Daniel sets a backbreak, and then hits the best moonsault ever to get the win. Not before Jerry Lynn starts squaring up to him in the middle of the oh, ring. Oh, no, that was mm. fantastic as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, don't fuck with Jerry, let's rip your arms off. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, this is a decent match as well, considering the one half of it isn't even really a trained wrestler. No. Yeah. Well, it's train, training to wrestle, but not really a professional wrestler. Shouldn't be on a show of the normally. Well, normally, no, but it's um, yeah as I say the first 30 seconds to a minute of this match were probably critically important yes had he had he sort of messed up anything or done like really feeble offence yeah. then it, this entire match would have gone crowd would have turned on him in a heartbeat yeah oh, exactly yes. a Chicago yeah. pro wrestling crowd would have turned on that in a heartbeat yeah. oh yeah, yeah. but um, no he, they get away with it they do they did very well we're, we're about um, to lose Cameron again for a few minutes 
Oh, you're about, you're about to lose me for the rest of the show. Because uh, um, uh, so, aka Emma, crops up in the uh, country booth. That's right. Oh, oh, there we go. Anyway, she's, um, she's not got the blue lippy on tonight, little lads. Oh, so I can imagine the blue <laughs> lippy camera. It's okay. I've got that in my mind. Got the, the blue lippy. You know, I mean, that's, that's, so Tanil Dashwood and Mandy Lauren joined the already busy. I know it's niche. <laughs> but blue lippy. No, I understand. Yeah. Cameron, it's fine. Uh, everybody, anyway. everybody has a fetish. It's fine. Don't worry about Did it. Did Jet from Gladiators ever wear blue lippy? Because with my performance background and sort of being educated in the fitness industry as well, I thought I'll amalgamate the two again, like the mus- music and the movement, like I said earlier, and um, do something else. Keep diversity by diversifying. And um, I did this fitness figure competition and won it. And I was in a magazine from it. And they heard about me from that. And our casting director gave me a ring and said, would I go along for an interview? And in my casting for Gladiators, we had to do an assault course. Good to see that, you know, in the current climate, this is our conversation about the women's wrestling match. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, we'll pick it back up. Don't worry. We'll pick it back up. It'll be fine. So we now cut to a women's four-way match. <laughs> but for the moment, blue lipstick. Shut up. <laughs> so <laughs> we have Dr. Britt Baker, Chelsea Green, Madison Rain, and one Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard is fucking incredible. Yeah, I think the Tessa May Young tournament. Yes, this that last As year. As did Madison Rain. Yeah, uh, and do, were all contestants in that not offered contracts? I think and, they were offered some kind of deal. I don't know if it was maybe like more developmental or whatever. But obviously, both Madison A and uh, Tessa's doing her thing in there. Yeah, they're both in. Back in Impact, aren't they? Yeah. I think this was the whole. This was the. This is what women's wrestling is, not what can be. Is. Yeah, this match. I really enjoyed this match. Yeah. I'd never. These are these are names like I'd seen on the internet before and seen on Twitter, but never actually clicked on as to. Um. Never seen them properly wrestle. I yeah, love these... love love Chelsea Green. Oh yeah. <laughs> Having seen this match, I was like, this is the first time I've ever seen Chelsea Green, and she's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> as soon as she kind of gets comes down the ring in a wedding dress and Chuck the bouquet and then it's like kind of going oh, she is the hot mess Chelsea <laughs> oh that's love her it's a very close witching gimmick yeah pretty much <laughs> she's just like yep she's amazing and she's got kind of the two face from Batman thing going on yeah which I was thought it was with the uh, clean and blue lipstick or I couldn't you know no no she's not got blue lipstick <laughs> maybe it was purple who knows who yeah. knows who knows uh, I thought when they said a survival fatal four way kind of idea that would be elimination but apparently not I think it was maybe just a way of not seeing a yeah. fatal four way because everyone's got their own start oh a fatal four way okay time to go to the toilet I think the, the crowd starts off with that kind of opinion but I think they soon warm up into it there's like a greater press to the outside that seems to like they all kind of go whoa <laughs> hang on yeah yeah. Uh, I, I certainly warmed up to it when Tessa Blanchard did her entrance that entrance just has such presence and such she knows she's the shit well, the kind of thing about the entrance, though, is you're kind of looking at it, and you know she hugs her dad, and um, is it Magnum? It's Magnum TA, yeah. Magnum yeah. TA as well. Um, and you're kind of thinking, there's no way she's losing this. Mm. Yeah. Because they've made a big thing about her entrance. Yeah. <laughs> Which well, was kind of a like, bit like... Mm. Of, of like the three of them, she just seems to be like the most like finished product, if that makes sense. No, I, I agree. I th- well, I think she's got the Blanchard DNA. It's obviously she's going to well, step yeah, up anyway. Got, like, like, they, they seem like you know they're, they're they're obviously really good, but they seem like they still got some kind of distance to go. Whereas she's like, yeah, she knows what her character is, knows what 
yeah. what to do. Yeah, she's just a ass uh, kicker. She just needs yeah. like like a rocket put behind her to kind of you know point in the right direction. But yeah, the match was good, wasn't it? Yeah, this was a great match. It's a shame she said no WWE contract because I'm just imagining Tessa Blanchard I... versus um, name temporarily escapes me current NXT Women's Champion. Uh, oh, Shayna Baszler. Uh, Shayna Baszler. That was it. Yeah. Can you imagine Shayna Baszler versus Tessa Blanchard? That'd be my problem with that is amazing. You, would, you would get the Tessa Blanchard you have here you would get a WWE sanitized version of Tessa Blanchard true yeah maybe so it wouldn't be the same so is it worth it not in my eyes probably not mm. but yeah without all that influence if you could just get them straight one on one oh that'd be great that'd be amazing yeah um, sadly um, the good Tennille doesn't quite have the props for commentary because at one point she does say it's whoever can get the pin <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of like which is kind of like Michael Owen levels of you commentary can't, you can't Stop. buy that level of resting insight no well, you can't can. you, you, know I mean? you resurrect Gordon Soli <laughs> with the suplay with the suplay <laughs> double arm suplay double arm suplay um <laughs> Yeah, this uh, this match also gets the night's first. This is awesome, champ. Yep. Mm-hmm. So and that's something. That's always nice. It was it was nice not to have that at the first match, you know, or the first couple, you know, get yeah. something that really deserves it. I mean, all four women worked their butts off in this yeah. match. The only shame is like the, the the finish is a little bit rough. Oh, yeah, it goes back. To, I think yeah. it's a whole. Not everyone's quite, quite polished, there. but it doesn't all- hurt it entirely. They all kind of dive in and try and save it, don't they? When yeah. Tessa Blanchard hammerlock DDT uh, by Tessa Blanchard to pin Chelsea Green, but Madison Rain and Britt Baker kind of leap in, and I think the idea was that they could, didn't save her, but they kind of make it in really good time, and you're like, that is a two and a bit, and it's like, oh no, it's not, it's fine. This is three. So like, oh, it's three. Yeah, and there was flat. even commentary. I think are kind of like. It is some a reason for writing on my notes. Up until now, there's been some rough edges to this show, but it's okay. Yeah, there's nothing. The rough edges aren't making me go. Oh, this god, this is this is sort of independent. Yeah. Okay, you're maybe not getting the polish of a WWE show, but but then it feels like some damn good stuff instead. It feels like their first show, which this is. So yeah, exactly. It's like a level of forgiveness built into it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. and yeah. you know it's 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 a fun it's a fun match. It, it, it shows off the fact that women's wrestling is as some people as most of us know is alive and well and kicking all kinds of ass mm-hmm. all over the world right now, primarily in Japan and obviously in the UK as well. Like companies like Pro Wrestling Eve, uh, Fierce Females in Scotland, it's only getting bigger, bigger, and uh, it's exciting yeah, totally. to see how it's going to evolve. I think mm-hmm. um, you, you, you're always going to get a good women's division if they're given the same chances as the blokes correct and this is when you know this is them giving the same chances as the blokes it's, it's not only like a bloody you know lingerie pillow fight and all that crap oh god um, it's the actual proper wrestling and it can be really really good and yeah. I really enjoyed this match I thought this probably so far is match of the night for me I think that's fair mm. yeah I'd call that's, it match of the night so far but well, well, you're talking about this is what wrestling should be the following match is the 80s personified but in a modern way yeah you can tell that because it's got yeah, glacier yeah where did she come from 
Because yeah, like, if come out, Cody comes out and he's got DDP with him, Tommy yeah. Dreamer, you kind of think, yeah, that's fair enough, I understand that. But, but, yeah. but Glacier? Glacier, Tommy what? Dreamer, yeah. What's, he's what's got Brandy Glacier? as well, and I'm, I, I kind of worry that Brandy didn't have time to get changed in wardrobe. <laughs> I'm not complaining. Because... Uh, I think there's something missing. <laughs> there must be more to what she was supposed to wear than that. Blue yeah. lipstick? Probably blue lipstick. <laughs> That's the name of this episode, isn't it? Blue lipstick. It's going to be uh, now. My, um, but my, my next question, my, my, I think the most important question of the night so far, is who the mm-hmm. hell gave Earl um, a microphone? Uh, somebody who probably shouldn't have been in charge of that kind of thing. Gentlemen, this match is for the NWA World Championship. The only way this match can be won is by pin or submission. Uh, I've known you guys for many, many years, and I'm real great being in this match. And may the best man win and take the 10 pounds of gold. Hell yes. Best luck to both of you guys. It's like, don't, don't, don't give him a microphone. Oh, they gave him a microphone. Oh, no, he's going to talk. Oh, yeah. no. Is this probably the reason why I put Earl seems drunk? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. He seems like, yeah, I've known you guys since you were little knee-high at the grass yeah. <laughs> It's just like, please take <laughs> the mic off. Like, just take, take it off him, please. Take the mic away from Granddad and just let him do but, his job. Even before we get to the ring, all this is, by the way, for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. It's yes. uh, Nick Alders against Cody. But even before we get to the ring... It's we get the sort of UFC stylized walk from the back mm-hmm. to the ring with the entourage and mm-hmm. just the visual, the visual of the, these two guys coming yes. out for a war. It's incredible, it's a big deal, and it's presented it like a big deal, and it's all yeah. the better for it. Yeah, um, because mm-hmm. with Nick Aldis, you've got Jeff Jarrett, Samuel Shaw, um, Sean Davari, and Tim Storm, who Nick Aldis beat for the NWA World Championship. Yes, he did. So, with that dynamic, and obviously Cody has got his wife Brandy, DDP, Glacier, Tommy Dreamer, and Pharaoh the dog. Yeah, but but Glacier. I don't know what the link is. Were you like pals with him at WCW or something? I just don't get it. I'm guessing so. My my, my next note after that is uh, I always love a good good Cody cartwheel. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Love a a cartwheel. The minute Cody's music hits, the crowd explodes. (laughs) They're, they're, they may have been hot, but they are hot for this one. Oh, yeah. I mean, this has been built up on NWA's 10 pounds of gold, sort of YouTube yep. series, and obviously in Being the Elite as well. Yeah. And the, the hate these two have got going is respectful, but you know that these two, the minute they get in the ring, are going to tear the shit out of each other. And yep. the second the bell rings, it pretty much starts. <laughs> yeah, they're off. Although, is, is there a reason why Cody's wearing like a, a, weightlifter's, a weightlifting belt? Is it because he got like issues with his back or something? Or is it I think it's, I guess, I think it's his back actually. Yeah, I think it is. I, that. I think at one point, like it's like about halfway up his back. Yeah, and it's like it's like that's not a good look, Cody. You know, <laughs> get some, get some attach it to the tights or something because it's just like going all over the place, mate. Come on. If it's that or be crippled, then I'll, I'll take the. I'll I mean, take that. I mean, I mean, to be fair, yeah, but like where, where it sits after like the start of the match, I don't think it's helping anything. No. Because it's literally up, up, near enough up, up by his armpits at some point. Yeah, because it's it's up yeah. on his shoulders at one point. <laughs> it is. Um, this match runs the gamut of emotions. 
you know, it, it goes from Aldous being in control to Cody being in control, and it, it, built, it has a slow burn to it. Initially, they're just sort of getting to get know each other, then they start working particular body parts, and then it builds up to the crescendo of just craziness by the end. And the sort of sudden finish of the match, I liked. Yeah. I, it, it, it was a weird match because, like, it did feel like a bit over, overbooked in places. Yes. Like I'm kind of thinking there's like a, um, a bit on the outside. I think Cody gets smashed on the outside with a forearm, and then I think Earl throws up an X or something, and then oh yeah, DDP comes out um, because he's the medical backup for Cody. Yeah, okay. And then, I mean, to, to be fair, the crowd chant yoga at that point, which is actually quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> I wish the chant comes out and he starts pushing DDP, and he gives him the cutter. And it's like, oh, can we just can we just get back to the match? It's yeah. probably to give Cody enough time to bleed. Yes, because yes, that's the ultimate. I mean, he seems to be having a big, big tributes, that's the ultimate dirty tribute, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty well, much. <laughs> skipping ahead in time of if you guys watched Double or Nothing, I've seen the yeah. I've, I've seen the things of it. It's like Jesus yeah. Christ. The the, win- the winner of Mister Blading 2019 will be <laughs> uh, Mister. <laughs> well, he gets a little shout out in the match. I think um, Cody does the is it the drop to the knees and one of the nuts. Kind yes, of he does. Yeah. Punch he a does. little tribute there as well, but. I mean, like when they're actually like in the ring going for it, it's cracking. It's just like you just didn't need those little bits around the outsides that kind I of think, take the focus off a little bit. But, yeah, but the actual match itself, you can't really fault it. Yeah, it's. I mean, the crowd are in, are in for going ballistic before they even like laid hands on each other. Hmm. It's crazy how hot the crowd is, and there was no other way this match could end. Uh, eventually, uh, Cody goes for the Dins fire, but is obviously. That gives out, and he gets down on on uh, Aldous gets the three, and the crowd go into supernova. And we mentioned the bit where Brandy covers when <laughs> Aldous does the elbow drop. So oh, we did not mention that. That <laughs> looked like it hurt. Yeah, <laughs> I think it did. That's kind of one of them things of he was laying it in thick. You know those bits we can. You, know, you can kind of imagine the conversation in the back. It's kind of like going, well, this is going to happen, Nick. You're going to go for the elbow drop, but then Brandy will come in and cover me, yeah. and you'll hit her instead. And you can just imagine the Caldas going, what? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you, are, you, a very large man, will jump from the top rope onto somebody else who, who probably yeah. is like half your size. But it'll be fine. You won't be to elbow drop your wife. <laughs> Did anyone get like, I got like Macho Man vibes during that spot. I don't know why. Yeah, that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 he, he did not come on that top rope. To be fair to him, oh yeah, he, was, he wasn't the most it's graceful as, of top rope people. It's not the most Jaman vibes we'll have on this night, though. No, but you know, no. <laughs> we will come back to that thought yeah. at some point. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Um, oh. So yeah, that means that Cody is the ninety-fourth NWA champion. Can we name the other ninety-three guys? No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Uh, well, about thirty percent will be Ric Flair, won't it? Oh yeah, at least uh, probably. Yeah, probably. But yeah, I like this match. Once again, put across really, really seriously, like something that means something. And if you put something across like it means something, it's then probably it going to be something. perceived as that. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's only helped the NWA remain relevant and probably pick up more traction. To be honest, sure. Yeah. Has Cody still got the belt now? No. Uh, Who's the? I think it's. Who's? Let me check the current holder of the belt. Did back to our oldest in the match afterwards? I think it was yeah hold on do you see the current champions need knee surgery after this or something yes that's it uh currently nick aldis is the current champion is he back with it again yeah nick aldis i'll take that because like i say like the kind of like the bockwinkle vibes he was giving out like yeah it just kind of fit him 
nicely, if that makes sense. It, it does. <laughs> so we go from this match that is built in tradition and respect to a complete fucking war. <laughs> and now, with, well... With an actual murder. With, with, with the most bizarro world storyline I've heard in recent memory. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> so, I think... I think um, he confessed to the murder. This is Hangman Page versus Joey yeah. Janela. Back yeah. up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Backing right. up. So, am, am I? Because I didn't know anything about this match until I saw this. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So stop me. Stop me at any point if I am wrong. Okay. okay? <laughs> Hangman Page. Yeah. Murders mm-hmm. Joey Ryan. That's correct. Correct. That is. Okay, he confesses right, to the murder, I think, in, during the press conference for the match? Yes, he did. He yeah. confessed that he was the one that took out Joy Ryan. Confesses to why, a murder. Why you did I don't know. Hangman Page is tormented by a pair of talking cowboy boots. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Can we just point out, I think, I think it's Don Callis, um, I think when, with Hangman Page come to the ring, like, I think he questions if Page is murdering all Joey's. Specifically, he wants to hurt Joey, right? I mean, think about it. Killed Joey Ryan, number one. Admitted to it, confessed, even though his lawyer tried to smooth that over. Didn't, didn't really work. And then he, he's defeated Joe Hendry. He's defeated another uh, number of other Joes. I mean, if I was the inventor of the tree of woe, Joey Lawrence, I would be on the lookout. I hope that no one brings a baby kangaroo here tonight or it could get really ugly. Is this match only because it's another Joey? Yes. Yeah. In Joey Janela, not Joey Ryan. So he's going to kill yes. all Joeys, including any baby kangaroos. Right. Okay. Can it's... we have the Carlisle Claxon again, please, Phil? Oh. <laughs> Bastard. You realise that's now your wrestling name? Joey Janela. <laughs> oh, I hate it, you. Here comes I want to the ring. The, the, the Carlisle Claxon. Cameron. The Carlisle Claxon, yeah, because I just need to point these out. These are people I've seen. Mm-hmm. Call right, just as long as we've established the storyline for this mm-hmm. match. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we I think we've established that in Because I was detail. watching the promo video at the start, kinda of going What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we what? have an actual murderer who apparently isn't arrested by the police. Actual murder. Act, who actually murdered another person. Who, who a man stands in a in a press conference admits to this murder for some reason is not arrested and is still free to have a wrestling match 24 hours later but, to attempt to kill another Joey yeah and potentially this, a baby kangaroo you're forgetting the main point this isn't a wrestling match this is a Chicago street fight it's a properly with, Chicago street with fight with a cracker Chicago. barrel well yes that's because yes. they provided the catering they provided the catering so like they are still to the state a literal cracker barrel yep which we get, I think we get a flip off it at one point. We do, yeah. We, we do. do. We get it rolled around the ring and tried to in a, in a steamroller attempt as well at one stage. Yeah, I think we get a, um, a burning hammer off the barrel onto a ladder at one oh, point. I think. God, we do. Yes. yes. I just um, want to state I love Joy Janella. He is just a madman. Him I've and, only seen him twice this match and once in color. Yeah. yeah, him and Darby Allen are two of the craziest people. Um, if you've not seen the clip, it's I think it's one of either the first or second tournament of survival for uh, Game Changer Wrestling. He comes off the roof of the building into a flat pack van covered in light tubes and barbed wire, and I think it pretty much almost serves as an artery. Yeah, I did. 
Mm. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, it was it was a thing. A bit aggressive. Just a bit. Yeah. But um, Janelle is another one. His presence when he was coming to the ring with Penelope Ford. Oh, sorry. Um, challenge minor jet there. Janelle is just this. She's no jet. You know, it's really odd because I met Scorpio about two years before our gladiator tryout in the casting for the She-Wolf of London. And Scorpio, myself, and two of the girls got down from about three or four hundred girls to be the She-Wolf of London. I just pipped her, and I think it's because of my dance training. I could move a little bit more sinisterly or something like that. Janelle is just present, so he's walking out to the ring. The guy's cool. You can't deny yeah. that. It's just, and the crowd are again going mental, and then obviously Adam Page comes out. He's one of, at the moment, um, one of the Bullet Club, one of the elite. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I, I think I've never seen him wrestle before, but it seems quite interesting how like he's been kind of he was kind of like absorbed into that group. Pretty much, yeah. He sort of was happened in New Japan. He was obviously part of Bullet Club, and then over time he sort of just melded into the elite side of things. Mm. Especially when the big split happened with what was the Golden Elite and the Bullet Club as it is today. Yeah, um, obviously. Uh, page went there but this this match has got pretty much a bit of everything yeah it's also I think I think it's Don Callis on commentary like I think he says this is a Chicago street fight he can murder who he wants he's got, got a garbage bag gonna smother him maybe oh no don't give him any ideas Don he killed he already killed Joey Ryan it's a Chicago street fight he can murder whoever he wants no Ian. you no he'll get arrested he should have been he, sh- he shouldn't even be here he should be arrested he might come after you and we'll get oh. a two man booth like I want it that's how they do things in Illinois. Yeah, yeah. That's how it happens, isn't it? But it's all yep. kinds of nuts. There's a crossbody to the outside, elbow drops to the tables, they go up to the yeah. ramp, because why not? Yeah, it's the bit with the, the ramp, and they set up two tables oh, on yeah. the lower it's, part of the ramp. Just to paint this picture for the, for the listening, it's yeah, like yeah. You've, got, you've got like quite a narrow ramp entryway. Yeah. With like crowd, with the crowd on either side, and then it's like up some steps from to where the actual ramp is. Yep. So when they kind of get two tables set up, like on the side, they just barely fit between the two um, barriers, don't they? Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. They're yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah. touching uh, yeah. the guardrails on each side. So you get like two tables set up at the bottom of these steps, and then I think is it Janela power bombs Page off. Yeah, well, all the way around Page power bomb oh, Janela off. Yeah. And Janela, I think it was supposed to go through two of the tables. I only hit one, but he yes. only hits one, and even then, it's his shoulders that hit it and go yeah, through it, yeah. and it looks. Awful. It's not yeah. the prettiest looking thing in the world, is it? <laughs> pretty fucking ugly. And you're just like, I had, like, you know, it's one of them hand in mouth kind of going, oh. oh well, that's not just, like that, really. That's going to mark gonna that sting. one. Yep. But that, that spot was followed by pages talking about disappearing. <laughs> yeah, <there's, laughs> it's, it's like a bin bag yep. that Ford, like, produces. And, and it's got the talking boots in. And I can't believe that's the thing I'm actually saying. <laughs> not the strangest thing you're going to be seeing wait five minutes yeah yes, we get, we get some super kicks we get another ladder and a table yep hangman right. then gets the phone out that he used to kill joey ryan yep which i think we can easily refer to now as the murder weapon mm-hmm. but no one's arresting him no one's arresting nope. him nope so and then but, we get some kind of natty was it was the finish we call the final passage uh, right a passage right a passage through a table yeah as, yeah, I was just putting the inverted pile driver through a table from the ladder and then Paige pins Janela for three. Yeah. yeah. So but nasty, not after so some, some 
Penelope Ford does have some cool Matrix moves going on. Oh yeah, this, though. yeah. Penelope <laughs> Ford is fantastic. Um, Never seen her before, but this is she's good. Yeah, but she seems it. The real story of this match happens after the bell rings. Yeah, so yeah. Adam Page is celebrating in the ring, and all of a sudden everything goes quiet. Then from the stage appears eight giant walking penises who can we refer to them as penis druids please penis druids sorry i put i put i put willy druids willy druids <laughs> willy druids willy druids sounds like a footballer from the 50s coming to the stage <laughs> willy druid he scored scored, scored 38 goals a season for <laughs> Before being transferred to Man United for fifty thousand pounds. Willie drew it on the wing. That's that's a championship manager uh, player name for a hard one. Anyway, Willie drew it. So the the the, the, the Druid crew up here. That's a t-shirt yeah, as well. That is. All Can of I sudden, just give a couple of quotes from commentary at this point? This phalanx of phalluses lining the entranceway. The conclave of Coxman can only mean one thing. He has risen. The phallic and the phallic models <laughs> appear to the ring, and all of a sudden, it's revealed that Adam Page didn't kill Joy Ryan. Joy Ryan is in the arena. Excuse me. I think you'll find he's risen again. Sorry. Come. And come well, back for us we all. Actually, we actually missed that bit as well because the before Joy Ryan appears on stage, there are video players of him after he was attacked by uh, Adam Page, murdered, lying there. Then all of a sudden, he arises. He does literally, He's literally and figuratively, very, literally uh, and figuratively. Yes. I think what but, really what really makes this and sells it is like the shocked look on Hangman Page's face. Oh, it's amazing. Like he just properly sells. It's I think everything that, out that that he can. That whole scene to me is a callback to WrestleMania 20 when the Undertaker comes back after Kane's burying him alive because Paige at one point is yelling that this isn't real, you're not Joey Ryan, you're not the real person. That goes back to Kane not <laughs> he's like, no, he's understandably. Like, I murdered you! I murdered you! It's like, yes. come on. <laughs> but, but I think the, the, the problem I got with this bit is like when Joey Ryan comes to the ring, he's a bit too happy-go-lucky for an ex-murder victim. Well, he's Joey Ryan. He doesn't care. He's, he's Mr. Slays. He's famous dick wrestler. Hey, you murdered me. Everything's cool. But, you know, he, he knows what's going to happen next. So he comes out. He he oils up. He gets ready to go. He gets in the ring. Page tries to get him. And then Joey Ryan invites Adam Page to touch it. And at this point, the crowd are going ballistic because they know what's about to happen. So um, Joey Ryan... I don't know, penile's up, hardens up, stiffens yep. up, I don't know, call it what you want. Hooks up. And pumps up, sure, we'll go with that. And <laughs> performs the first well known penis plex. The penis plex. Yep. Um, and then lays him out with a super kick. <laughs> and then a very unusual scene happens. Uh, Joy Ryan dumps out Paige to the outside, the onto the giant penises. The penises carry him to the back, and the crowd are chanting, rest in penis. Yes. <laughs> That's a t shirt Joy Ryan has, by the way, now. Can you imagine the you saying it? Rest in penis. Well, pretty much almost dead with that goal. Perfect match a couple of weeks ago. Oofed. Yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, that was that was some match. That was. It was. It was. That was uh, well worth watching that. 
I haven't so seen it, and I don't really want to. No, I, I think I, um, was bad enough. I watched it. I saw I the attempt. Know. I saw the attempt at the jackhammer. Holy God! Yeah. And then the Undertaker refers to the near death favor with his tombstone as well. Yep. But yeah. The, I think the the big irony with the Undertaker is at the moment is that he should be the one being allowed to rest in peace. <sighs> no. Well, because it's just no. He should have been at Starcast. He could have been at Starcast, but Uncle Vince had to get in the way. Oh, here's some money. Yeah, but then it's like then they're bringing him back for Extreme Rules for crying out fucking loud. To team with everyone's favorite. Roman Reigns, yeah, against Shane and oh, I don't care. And Drew, actually, that's true. Yeah, that's the only good thing. In there. But <laughs> yep. this this whole match was based around a storyline on a YouTube show. Think about that. Yeah, as I said earlier, and murder, I, and I can, murder, and, and, and literal and murder. murder. I can, um, I can just hear the steam rising from the heat of Jim Cornette during this entire section. Good, fuck him. <laughs> well, it's just here's here's the thing about Jim Cornette, right? All right, I can listen to Jim Cornette and I do agree with a lot of what Jim Cornette says, uh-huh. but that is only Jim Cornette comes from a time with Smoky Mountain Wrestling where it was pre- presented as this hard, serious, tough, like mm-hmm. you know, straight laced. I think is probably the right term. So I think I know where you're going with this, but go on. Yeah. Whereas Jim Cornette, that's fine, and what Jim Cornette says is fine if that is the product you are putting across. Yeah. Yep. He seems to not take into account that wrestling, as we've discussed before in this podcast, is a wide umbrella that holds many things underneath it. Well, it's, right? it's, not, it's not just that. It's simple to the fact of, of different types of people that don't fit into what Jim Cornette's world of. Exactly. You have a man and a woman. You cannot defend, sit there and defend what he did yeah. with regarding Sonny and Kiss. There is absolutely no way you anyone can tell me he had the right to say that. He didn't. He's a scumbag. He's now just basically somebody that people just tweet at to get a rise out of him. Get reactions from. He's shown that he's so out of touch with what the world is now. He's still stuck in his Smoky Mountain 1990s, 1980s bubble. It's been 30 years, Jim. Shit's moved on. Get with the times or yeah. shut the fuck up. I think he doesn't get like... Um like I think he sees wrestling as a genre and wrestling as a medium. Yes. And yeah, exactly. You can have, you can, there's lots of different genres of wrestling within the medium. Yeah, not totally. just the one. Yeah, exactly. That's the bit that he kind of struggles with. And but. this is this is shtick comedy, and you know with Joey Ryan. It's, like, it's a hardcore, fine. but then veers into shtick comedy. It's a strange yeah. one, and <laughs> but that's, it somehow it's, works. It's, yeah, but it's 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 totally fine. It's absolutely yeah, totally yeah. fine. I mean, you know, it goes from murder to giant penises. I mean, that's a that's a yeah that's a tough segue. I mean, but I wanted in like to hate this bit. I wanted to go. This is ridiculously stupid, mm-hmm. and why am I watching this trash? But I was too busy laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's fine. how so over the top it worked. Spe- speaking of over the top, mm-hmm. now this next match, uh, which is the Jay Lethal versus Flip it's Gordon, the match. Ring of Honor title match. Yeah. Now yeah. I've never really watched much Ring of Honor before, so I'm not really mm-hmm. that aware of Jay Lethal's career. Mm-hmm. Nor have I. So the beginning of this match left me somewhat confused. Okay. Because um, I think there's a backstage uh, bit where oh, sorry, Danny Thor's going to... Can we have a double Carlisle Klaxon for this oh, match, geez. please? Oh, fuck you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Thor's coming to the ring and he gets hit on the shoulder. Yes. And he gets turns into, I believe it's referred to as Black Machismo. I can explain yes. what this is. Please do. Black Machismo, Jay Lethal, was a gimmick used in TNA. Uh, at one point, the match man was his valet and was his basically mentor in TNA. This is back in 
the Don Callis, uh, Mike Tenney days back in the early 2000s. And basically, Jay Lethal unleashed his inner machismo, and that is what you see as black machismo Jay Lethal. And for one night only... Pump and circumstance. Yep. He does. The, ge- yep. the genius is with him. Yes. He's got the jacket on, he's got glasses yep. on. He does the mega yep. power handshake. The yep. jacket is actually Savage's jackets. Yeah. And also, yep. Um, yep. Uh, Brandy comes out with Flip Gordon to come into the ring, and he starts yep. treating it like he like Macho would treat Elizabeth. Yes. Like taking it around to his corner. And just, it's like, <laughs> I'm just watching, thinking he's really, he's really working that gimmick, and it's kind of brilliant. Oh, oh. <laughs> It's it's amazing. Well, apparently it's only because he did a really, really good Macho Man Randy Savage impersonation in yes. his early career. And if anyone asked him backstage, oh, do your Macho Man impersonation, he would do it. Everyone was like, that is yeah. amazing. Yeah. And uh, it, it was a risk, apparently. He did it on a couple of shows, but he was really, really worried, apparently, that, he, that if Randy Savage caught wind of it, he would he think he was taking the piss. Yeah. But he, was only, he only went for it when Randy Savage actually got in touch with him and met him and said, no, nah, just keep doing that because it's hilarious. Oh, by the way, here's a jacket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's, um, it's like the, his body language. I say when he, he's like dragging Elizabeth to his corner, like the body language is just spot on. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. He does the same thing with Ric Flair as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you've ever seen, have you ever seen Phil? Have you ever seen the TNA clip where they, him and um, Jay Lethal and Ric Flair have a walk off? Oh my god! Oh god, no! I'll Google that afterwards. Have you not see? Oh, it's, it's an episode of Impact where Flair's in the ring just going. Ceremonicular <laughs> because they're on live television, and then like Jay Lethal's at the top of the ramp doing an impression back at Ric Flair. Yep, <laughs> and being Ric Flair, Ric Flair and somewhere there's like uh, there's a metaverse which just rips open, and <laughs> it, if I remember rightly, it ends up with Ric Flair just throwing his shoes down the aisle at him. Yeah, it's it's very reminiscent of the the famous Nitro meltdown where he basically gets the naked practically on national TV and starts yes. like, oh, double his clothes yeah, starts, yeah. yeah it's also really worth it for in the, in the <coughs> background because at the time Ric Flair was in Fortune in TNA yes that's right um, there's AJ Styles and Nigel McGuinness bloody confused not sure whether they should look at Jay Lethal with a spiteful look on their face <laughs> or just laugh because what's going on in front of them is hilariously funny it's a very <laughs> difficult balance um, but that, that all happens there and the whole Flip Gordon aspect of this show throughout being really in the months leading up to All In Flip was trying hard to get booked he'd be trying he'd trying and trying and eventually was to be Chico Elvich Storm the over the top battle royal he gets in and the crowd are so behind him they want this to happen yeah, they're proper behind him aren't they they're, they're really hot well, I think they're a bit flat at first but then once I think Brandy knocks Jay back the, the black machismo out of Jay we start getting into like the proper match <laughs> well what? <laughs> Once he knocks the black out of him, excuse me. Knocks the black machismo out of Jay, and he's like back to being Jay Lethal. Yeah, when he yeah. when he basically stops the Jay Lethal's finished playing, he's now back back to ass kicker Jay Lethal. Hmm. It's uh, it's it's the Ring of Honor title match. That's the best way I can put this. Yeah, I think I think I've written down like it, it feels like a Japanese crowd watching this match. Like they're appreciative of what's going on, but they're not that loud. If that makes sense. Yeah, they're they're, they're into it, but they're not an edgy PW crowd into a match. It's at points pretty sad how quiet it is. Hmm. But it's it's a good match. It's perfectly fine. Um, they get all the stuff fine. It looks pretty okay. It's just the the, the match or. The, People, I don't know what it was. Was something about this that just fell flat? 
And I mean, this happened again at the New Japan Ring of Honor show at Madison Square Garden this year. All the New Japan stuff the crowd was going mental for, but all of the Ring of Honor stuff got a lukewarm response at best. Is that a statement about the status of Ring of Honor at the moment? It's, yeah, it kind of feels like it's been left behind. It's been left in the dust, basically, because they don't have. They've got. If NJPW were to pull out their deal tomorrow, Ring of Honor would fold. Yeah, because I think, I think Ring of Honor was kind of like in this kind of comfortable spot of being like the, the, third, the third player. Yeah. Like you'd have WWE far down, you'd have TNA, then kind of Ring of Honor, Honor would be just kind of a bit behind them. And all of a sudden, like all these other promotions just, just like exploded and kind of evolved the industry where Ring of Honor feels like it's still doing the same thing. I think it's the fact that it was after Sinclair bought Ring of Honor and basically turned it into. WWE light does that mean mm. is that a fair comparison I don't know if that's been been very Probably harsh a little bit. Feels, but the match is fine Jay Lethal retains and then in the post match Billy Ray comes out again because why not attacks mm-hmm. both men hits Lonnie Poff with a low blow goes to get that a table Cabana arrives to make the save because Billy Ray and Colt Cabana at this point are in a very, very violent feud at the moment at that point in time. And eventually the good guys powerbomb Bully through a table and stand tall over the fallen Bully. Yes. Which now, is nice for a little bit of a postmark. Oh, nice happy ending. Yes. Now, we go from a match that the crowd were a bit mad about to a match where I think everybody in the crowd was on the antithesis of orgasm from the minute the entrances began. You reckon? Yeah, I think so. So this is Kenny Omega versus Pentel Zero. Otherwise known as Pentagon, otherwise known as that crazed man. <laughs> Although, like, when, when Pentagon comes out, I quite like that. He's He's got a hat, but he's not committing to it. He's just kind of carrying it. <laughs> He's just not like, I've got a hat, but I was, it's not feeling yeah. it today. Yeah, he tries to put it on at one stage and then just like goes, nah, 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 so nah, nah, right right nah. <laughs> um, And then Kenny comes out, but he hasn't got the belt. Why has he not got the belt? Um, I, I thought this. Why has he not got the New Japan I belt? I never like it when you see the champs coming out and they haven't got their belts, even if it's like a non-title match. I'm trying to see who's the champion at that point. Hold on. Kenny he is, he's, he's announced as New, J- oh, yeah. New Japan heavyweight champion. That's a very good. Maybe he couldn't afford to fly he over. He doesn't have the belt with him. <laughs> yeah, maybe, New, maybe New Japan wouldn't release it for the. Well, let him have the belt that's, out that's, of China or something. Maybe, that's maybe, maybe it, actually. But still, like it's like you know, I think we, we talked about when you kind of get <laughs> the tag team champions in WWE. They don't bring the belt oh, out because they're single wrestlers and stuff. It's like oh, bring the belt out because yeah. it's, it's a cracking belt. But anyway, this is just a singles match. There is nothing at stake apart from pride. But my God. It, 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 it goes, isn't it? Like once it kind of once it starts cracking up, going, it's like woofed. Yeah, the crowd are well into this one as well. Yeah. And as I say, I've never I've seen a few Kenny Omega matches. Mm-hmm. I'm not right. Okay, here we go. Oh, we no, go. no, no, no! I, I think I know where right. I'm going. I think I understand Wait, let, this. Let me get well, the uh, let me get let me get the hot take noise going. <laughs> I'm not that hot on Kenny Omega. Whoa, that's, that's I can understand that. I just, it's all just like three moves repeated. I never feel like he's under threat. Do you think, does he have the John Cena effect on him? Is that what you think? Slightly, because there's always this thing of, he, he seems to have like two moves that he comes back with. Mm, there's the one the winged angel and then there's the V-trigger. V-trigger and it seems, how, yeah. how many V-triggers are there in this match? About, About 60 
and it's just again and again and again and then he's like he, he seems to have a habit of just getting blasted with like you know three finishes from his opponent and then oh no he'll kick out at two mm. and I'm just like I can't it's the same thing problem I have with Young Bucks which I'll come okay. up later mm. because I never feel mm-hmm. that I never feel they're under threat okay he just comes back with you know 17 V triggers and yeah. then that's it this match probably would have been a lot better had it not been for the vast multitude of finishing moves that seem to just mean nothing yeah. I wonder how like um, had you seen I mean I've not seen either but Kenny Omega's match with Jericho from Wrestle Kingdom I like that I thought and that was a good series with a Carter I just oh, wonder if it's the opponent rather one than of the those. yeah I think the opponent helps him yeah I think so I think the series with the Carter sells itself like, because it's Okada yeah, yeah. the series with uh, uh, Jericho works because it's the old guard versus the new guard yeah, yeah, it's it's Alpha versus Omega. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas this match feels like I don't want to say exhibition, but there's kind of no, no storyline coming into it. There's no kind of that's fair. This was just a, a, an exhibition a match, but nothing on the line. They just wanted to go out there and give the fans a good a good match. They did. Yeah, but it was missing that X factor. I think for a lot of people, and I, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I've heard that opinion, Cameron Kenny Omega, a lot, and, and a lot yeah. of people are like, oh, how do you don't like worship Kenny Omega? But I I understand that point of view. I think Kenny Omega works best when the Kenny Omega's in New Japan against yeah. the opponents in New Japan, whereas in an American setting, it feels very not theatrical, but very. Um, yep. It'll be interesting to see if the AEW show is kind of if he's like the top baby pace or whatever. It'll be interesting to see like how that gets treated by the audience because well, you'll have you'll have the you know the, the rest of the final audience will, will will you know will appreciate that. But for a TV yeah. audience, will he connect with them as a kind of? It depends on the treatment. I mean, he might work better as a heel character, you know. Well, he can do both. He was yeah. heel in New Japan for the longest time. Yeah, um, yeah. but it's it's an interesting one, and we'll see where it goes over over time I mean obviously right now he's out of the AEW championship picture um, it's tomorrow night at Fighter Fest it's Jericho against Page winner gets a title shot in the future no uh, I think it's the stipulation hold on I'm sure it is but I think this match felt too not forced but too tacked on yeah but then we get to the finish where you yeah. know it, where um Kenny wins, so we get some lights out. Yep. And then, oh, there's a code breaker. Yes. Oh, Jericho snuck it's, in. This is this is revenge for uh, Kenny attacking Jericho in Japan. This is yeah. the point where they were basically following each other and just attacking them, <laughs> for yeah. a better term. Yeah, it's like just like a little thing for the crews that was still coming up at that point. Yeah, that's right. And, oh, so it was I. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it felt like I mean it felt but that that made the whole thing feel much more special than it had any right to yeah because it is I, like you know this big independent show and holy crap is Chris Jericho well this this wasn't doing anything for all I mean this was just this was New Japan building up their yeah, show yeah. their car well, which is fine it's weird isn't it because it's like it's, it was it was a new, a new Japan build but it's kind of swung into being an, an AEW build if that makes sense yeah yeah that's true and I think that holds true for the next match yes uh Everyone's favorite finger-breaking fool, Marius Skrull, against Kazuchika Okada. 
Does anyone remember when Marty Skrull used to present Wrestle Talk? Yes. <laughs> it just, I just find the two images just don't collate. The man has gone through quite the evolution. He was also in the first series of TNA's British Boot Camp. Yes, he was. Alongside Rockstar Spud, now Drake Maverick, and the Blossom Twins, wherever they might be. I don't know, probably blowing something right now. Um, that's terrible. Ooh, sorry. That's terrible. Oh, that's terrible. Sorry. Terrible. This, uh, match is, this match is a weird one. Uh, big negative straight away. This is Trousers Okada. Oh, well, this is true. Okada. Well, this, this, this is... This is lost Okada this is broken Okada because he doesn't have the belt this is Okada going through his summer of discontent yeah I mean, uh, the, the, two, they have, the two of them have a really good chemistry because it's more like oh, yeah. a junior heavyweight versus a heavyweight kind of that's how yeah, it's the whole, the whole position story, isn't it the whole story yeah. is that the, you know that no one believes that Marty Skrull can hang with him heavyweight like Okada and he can very well but well yeah he does yeah is that more down to Okada than it is Skrull I think it might be Mm, Skrull yeah. did his part, but oh, I it's think it's, I enjoyed watching this one. Yeah, Okada can elevate anyone. Oh, to... Okada's just so smooth. Yeah, like, like the whole the whole kind of way during a match will keep working the mech to build to the rainmaker. Yeah, it's just oh, that it's, stuff's just wow. It's just Love precision, it. you know, carefully aimed precision work he does the whole way through. It's he's, oh, he's just so good. And of course, we've got the G one coming up next month, and I am so excited. Everyone has a G1. Yes. Then like, the, 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 well, I think what's good is you've got Okada working the neck, but then you've got Skull going for the fingers to stop the yes. Rainmaker as well. Because it's like, it's, exactly. it's, it's that psychology. It's, it's, it's just, it's, I can't, oh, lovely. I, I can't think of a word. It's just lovely to see it there. Hmm. And this match is quite, it, it's a very New Japan style match. It starts off very slow. Very much it is a cool. real Low burner again, and then it ramps up again, and then after it'll be another fight, I think it's a good twenty-five minutes. Like it's given lots of time. I did enjoy this one. I did yep. really enjoy this. Fans coming up right now is our main event: six-man tag team action. We will see the Young Bucks, Kodobushi, the Golden Elite take on Bandito, Ray Phoenix, and Rey Mysterio Jr. Let's waste no more time. Let's get to our main event. Firstly, it's good to see that Rey Mysterio delays his entrance. As much as he did at ICW that time. Well, no, I'm quite sure ICW he took a shit when he got something to eat, forgot he was booked, <laughs> tried to go home and had to Yeah, because that was like, ring. well, we genuinely had a kind of moment of he's not here. Yep. And it's just, oh man, that was, was bloody yeah, awful. Then, then he came out dressed as a poop, <laughs> it looked like. Yeah, it was a bit of that, wasn't it? Yep. And Bandido and Phoenix just came out as then, and obviously the people everyone's here to see Kota Ibushi Mr. I'll take a back suplex and have my head smack off the apron if you guys haven't seen that clip from a couple of weeks ago uh, Ibushi takes a back suplex and his head is the only thing that hits the apron on the way down to the floor that seems dodgy for a guy with some serious neck issues well the man who had a two, had a concussion a few months ago at Wrestle Kingdom yeah yeah he has to, be, he has to like carry out the ring or something yeah, because Osprey hit him with, I think it was a kick in the corner, and basically he was out cold. Nice. Oh, oh. Yeah, why not do some more? I think sure. my, my first line I've written for this match is uh, Bonkers match with Luchadors flying out all over the place. Yeah, pretty much. This was the, the Bandido Phoenix Young Buck show. Yeah. Although, like, I think by at this point, because everything else kind of ran long, I think what should have been a 20 minutes match is just like compressed into 10 minutes. The popular story is the Okada Skrull match went 10 minutes too long. Yeah. 
yeah, want to cut it because it was working. True. Which, to be fair to them, you know, if the crowd's in it and it's going, yep, they go with it. But then, like, yeah, this match is just like so compressed; it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, 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 it's eleven minutes, and they literally get the fish off like seconds before they go off the air. Yeah, yeah it's there's not because I was watching this. The the time was a ticking down. Yep. Towards the end of the, the file, and then it was just like I'm thinking this thing's got like thirty seconds left. Yeah. And I'm just on the verge of thinking, does this video file actually, after four hours, cut off the ending of this match? <laughs> does it do Halloween havoc? Yeah, and then it's just like it doesn't, and then they get a pinfall, and that's it. And it means absolutely nothing. Yeah. Because once again, the young bucks. They've never been in under threat. They just get these sticks in, and it's hey, do this, Meltzer driver, super kick party, three. That's it. I'm not mm. big on the young bucks either, for the same reason I'm not big on Kenny Omega. Okay, that's okay. It's just it's just like yeah. this entire match is just like someone playing SmackDown and pressing L one <laughs> all the time. What a deep cut reference from Cameron there. That's a good reference. I like yeah. it. And just L one, L one, L one, finish it, finish it, finish it, finish it. Yeah, just put an infinite finishes because it just finishes and they're cool. It's Again, just, it's nothing. I think this is where, like, I think if they'd redone the show a little bit, like, this should have been where the Cody and Aldis Nick match was. Yes. And then you put Cody yeah. and Nick Aldis at the end and have that as the, you know, the and emotional give them, finish. Give them slightly longer than 20 10 yeah. minutes. Because this match, like this, this again just feels like an exhibition match where it's just like putting people on display to you know for, for bookings essentially, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Basically, so, PD. And because there's like there's nothing to it. I mean, what, but what's the feud with the with the luchadors? There's nothing there. No. So I think you. I think even though you know it may be a bit, a bit of a you know the the the, 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 the bucks on show, they want to go yeah. last. You can kind of understand that. But I think if they put him a bit further down the card, you bump up the Cody match to the end. I mean, can you imagine that? Like that, you know, Cody winning the NWO belt is your final match. Yeah, that is your finale. Feels a lot better than. Uh, well, you know, it's got a triple hurricane runner. Can't complain about that. But it's That's just true. not. <laughs> it's just not what you think. It's not the ideal finish for the for the show. No, it's not. But it, it still it at least gets a finish. It wasn't cut off altogether. Yeah, that would have been good winning their first show. That'd be bad, but. Sure, sort of. Well, as Cameron says, it literally goes off the air at the end, and you're sort of left thinking, "Well, oh, that's been a hell of a journey. I've seen blood, I've seen tears, I've seen giant penises, I've seen people an average die Saturday through- night. <laughs> well, it's an average Saturday night in Glasgow, probably. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, more penises, probably. But it's, it's. I mean, I picked the show for a reason because a lot of seeds were seed- were planted in this show, and especially the Young Bucks and Phoenix stuff obviously that's now a big feud in AEW the Young Bucks against the Lucha Brothers and I think the sort of origin story is told here but then obviously through being the elite through Double or Nothing and obviously going on to Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fall in two weeks time it's going to build up and it's I think in the end it probably will achieve what you're looking for Cameron whatever that missing tick is I think you're going to get that in time. I think it was difficult to properly do that in a one-off show with nothing on the line. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I'll watch AEW. I mean, yeah. I'm not like put off watching them, you know, just because I'm a sort of like not the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Mm. Um, but I'm interested in what they do because 
I think there's there's genuinely room now for. I mean, this show was aimed, as I say, at people like us, you know, <coughs> your sort of thirty plus fans yeah. who've maybe lost touch with the WWE because the WWE have been like a PG product now for about eleven years. Been a fair yeah. while, so, isn't it? Yeah, it's two thousand eight. Halfway through two thousand eight, they suddenly went right, no blood, no, you know, the actor is dead. That's fine, um, but. This yeah, it wasn't just for Edge and um, Undertaker were about to do a Hell in a Cell match. Yes, yes. Like it was on the day that before night. they got they got told that it was they, they couldn't have any oh, blood. By the way, boys, we're PG. Yeah, yeah. Good That's luck. Great. See you after the show. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I hope. I like with any wrestling company, I always hope that it becomes successful because it gives them more places to work. Yeah. Um, but I hope AEW have a have a cracking start. I hope it ignites a bit more of a rivalry because you forget that the WWE, as I say, have had a PG product for the last 11 years and had this industry to themselves for the last 18. Yeah, and now it- they are, are, are scared because I don't know if you guys saw the news last night that um, Paul Heyman and Eric Bershoff yeah, yeah, hired as executive yeah. directors. That has possible disaster written all over it. Well, it's got Eric Bershoff written on it. Of course it's got possible disaster written on it and guess which guess which show Bischoff's in charge of Smackdown correct so can I just say I as well like um, executive director sounds like a title that Bobby Heenan would self apply <laughs> does actually yeah you're right <laughs> which always yeah. makes me respect yeah. it more to be honest well yeah but I I just say carry on one of the belt I bought Double or nothing on ITV box office, and I paid my fifteen pounds, and I had an absolute blast watching that show. And it was kind of weird because we live now in an era where everyone has a streaming service. You expect to pay, I don't know, New Japan's nine pounds a month, call it. Sorry, seven pounds yeah. a month, call it. WWE's uh, ten pounds a month, but AEW are asking you for hey. It's a pay-per-view. We're asking you to pay fifteen pounds for, it. and a lot of people are like, "Oh, I'm not paying fifteen pounds for that." But I'm seeing the bigger picture. I'm paying £15 for a pay-per-view, but in a way, that money is going to go to all these people. And I know it's going to go to all these people because yeah. I know who's in charge of the show. <clears throat> I know who's running the show. I know the sort of mindset of these people. Whereas with WWE, you're paying money to a conglomerate that's going to pay, you know, it's going to solicit business from countries that have a less than stellar record of anything. Uh, yeah, it was the whole Saudi no, Arabia not, show. Not getting that. political or anything, but that was a no. reason why I gave up on WWE. When that deal went through, I just went, fuck this, I'm out. There is that element when you pay your £10 a month to the WWE Network. Um, I don't watch many of the modern shows for WWE now. I haven't mm. watched Money in the Bank. I haven't um, watched... Um, that other show, I, Stomping Ground. Stomping Grounds, thanks. Um, and I, I probably won't because the problem that I've got with WWE is the fact there's that much stuff that's that comes out of WWE each week that by yeah. the time I get around watching a pay-per-view of like a few days down the line it already feels out of date yeah, yeah. I tend to kind the, of catch up with the YouTube channel just like with the random videos they post that's what everyone does now yeah, yeah. everyone's watching Raw through YouTube everyone's watching Smack well, you through YouTube because like, who's got three hours to watch Raw no one yeah I've not got three hours on a Monday night to watch Raw Oh, you've got jet to get to um, exactly uh, um, I wish um, <laughs> but it's just I just find that I, I, I keep the WWE Network for the old stuff in NXT 
Yeah, a lot of people do. I think that's a big reason. I think a lot that's of people still have it. To do it. Yeah. I just I, I like watching old WCW pay-per-views, ECW stuff, some of the old TV tapings from like um, AWA and all that kind of jazz that I, I like watching. So for that stuff, I find yeah, ten pound a month. That's great. That's not mm. a problem at all. But I very very rarely watch some of the, the new stuff. Oh yeah, because you have to listen to Michael Cole drivel on for three hours plus. Yeah, exactly. Michael Cole will be giving terrible, terrible commentary. And, yeah, um, yeah it's not great. I, mean, I, I, I look forward to the rest of 2019 with AEW obviously launching their TV and getting into being a much more quote-unquote traditional wrestling product. Is yeah. the date not the 2nd of October for the that's first the date that's been rumoured? And banded about, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's there going I mean, for like, Wednesday. I think everybody can understands they'll never be able to compete as a company with WWE because it's just oh, no, the, machi- the machine the is so big that yeah. no, no one will ever be able to compete with it but it's an alternative it's an alternative and it, will, and it is hurting WWE because they yeah, know exactly. it exists it's it's someone else scared. could be yeah. Vince is scared of it yeah. I mean once if they were able to like sign you know, although you wouldn't want to do like a TNA thing and like you know sign every single ex-WWE guy no. and then push them at the hilt from day one but they already did well yeah they've got, they got Jericho they that's, got Jericho, they got John Moxley, but I think yeah. they, they could do well by signing people who the WWE maybe let go who are pissed off with them. Yeah, like well, if, man... if Sasha Banks was to leave tomorrow, oh, she'd be there tomorrow. I'd, they, be well, yeah. I'd welcome Sasha Banks to AEW tomorrow. Yeah, exactly, because the character that she has is amazing. And okay, it's probably going to be that petty shite about which she can't call herself the boss or something like that. But just stick it in there, and it'll just be amazing because Sasha yeah. Banks can go. Oh yeah, yeah. And even guys like you know, Luke Harper, you know, who's got all the potential. Yeah, that's not mm-hmm. that's basically just not being used. He's someone who could probably go to E and W and just do a job. Yeah, you know, be that kind of mid-level guy, upper mid-level guy who's you need to kind of fill a show out. But mm. for some reason, they I just think, don't see that on the in the in the WWE. I think E W have been very clear; they don't want to be seen as the place people go when they leave WWE or don't like WWE. They yeah. obviously got Jericho, but Jericho's been floating around Japan for the last two or three years, and he's shown little to no desire going back to WWE because he said it in his own podcast. He feels free. Yeah, he's he said that. Creative, and, creative, the, and yeah, he loves it. Jericho. He loves it. And I think it's the same with Moxley. John Moxley, before he signed with WWE, was one of the most dangerous, crazed men out there. He went to WWE, and he got the WWE sanitized, clean. Oh, this man's a, a whatever his nickname was. I don't even remember. He's um, the lunatic fringe. Thank you, the lunatic fringe. He the, because he had a fringe. Whatever the fuck that means. Because he was crazy, and he had hair over his forehead. Sure. I think that, I, that's but, essentially was it, I think. But when John Moxley made his appearance at Double or Nothing after the main event, just him coming out through the crowd, very Shield-like, but at the same time it's his own, you could just tell looking at him there and then, he, for the first time in probably years, was present, he was engaged, and he was ready to put on a show. Because he wanted to put on a show. Oh yeah. He's completely driven to do good you know big thing again he said this in talk as Jericho as well he feels now he's been released yeah no, that's it yeah. There's, a, there's a literal weight off the you know the weight off his shoulders kind of thing of yeah. having to fight with Vince every single time which sounded yeah. like immense fun oh um, speaking but, of fun mm-hmm. yep where, where do we put this 
pay-per-view on the uh, on the uh, the list, the golden list? Um, See, I, I was thinking about this. I I don't know if this one should go on. Now I say I'm that. Fire. What? <laughs> what? No, no, listen, listen, what? listen, listen, listen. This is this is maverick behaviour. This is. I chose this show as a historical time point. I wasn't picking the show thinking this is going to be the greatest show ever on our table. Listen. I just wanted to take a snapshot of time and Ewan. look at it from Ewan. what. Listen, what? listen, what? listen, 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 to, listen to Uncle Phil. This is a producer Alan, Alan made us watch. WWE Brawl for All and we put it on the list okay right okay we'll put it on the fucking list you know what I'm saying can we we go back in the podcast room and I'll I'll, I'll be able to do this here so it's definitely better than Brawl for All but (laughs) (laughs) it goes without saying it's it's, it's definitely better than World War 3 I think (laughs) having your legs cut off and replaced with your arms is better than World War 3 but that's again a separate matter Um, I think it's definitely in the top half would that be fair? Would that be fair? Mm-hmm. But not, not too close to the top. Maybe mid tier? I'm so trying to actually of, bring up the... Hang on. So we've got 21 papers on there, and at number 10, yep. close enough to be in the middle, is Wrestle War 92. I'd, and I'd underneath like, that is ECW Living Dangerously 99. Right, it's better than that. Is it better than Reservoir 92? I'm just bringing up the list a wee minute so I can have a look and see what That's I reckon the it should Sting's, go. Sting Squadron one, isn't it? With the, uh... It is, yeah. Right, WrestleMania 8 is still top. WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom 8 is second. Rumble 92. It's These are ones with like massive nostalgia kicks to them. Mm. Um, WrestleManix X, as Phil's put it, is number <laughs> 5. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll sort that. Is it better than No Did I enjoy it more than No Mercy 99? I probably did. That goes there then. I was just thinking. I'd say number six and then shunt everything else down the way. I agree. Phil? Well, that's really annoying because that takes ages to edit, but I'll, I'll do it. Well, you need, to rest, you need to also edit WrestleManiacs, what the hell that it's is. Way better than, it's better than King of the Ring 93. It's oh, better than yeah. Survivor Series 95. Yep. It's oh Wrestle War ninety two. Wrestle ninety two, I think, had the um, Wrestle War ninety no Wrestle ninety two. Remember, is a one match show. Yes, that's, uh, I was going to say like you had to in the end, but it's a it one did match have show. a man, didn't it? I mean, come on, it, shouldn't that then put Wrestle War ninety two immediately at the bottom? It should put it at the top, number one, with a bullet. <laughs> Shut up! Through a man's head. <laughs> But he'd be alright because he's a spider, you know. They, you, they guys got... were, you guys were yeah, telling me off earlier. He'd sense it was. He'd sense it was coming for the spidey sense. Exactly. Sorry, the, the, sorry the Arachna sense. The Arachna sense. sense. From Web City. Yeah. This is fucking crazy. So the sixth best pay per view of all time because it is a pay per view. You could uh-huh. buy it as pay per view. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did pay to view it. I did. Mm-hmm. Even though Brawl for All I... fails all of those comparisons, but never mind. <laughs> That's Al's choice, isn't it? That's Al's choice. That's what Al's yeah. done to this podcast. Yep. It's the sixth best. So all in is the sixth best pay for you of all time. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. It's really good. Main event kind of lets it down a little bit, but hey, you know. Oh, I, I'm just, I'm just glad that another patented Unitil World card was another rising success. Yes. yes, yes, it was. 
maybe next time I'll actually pick a show from the past. You'll never know. Who never knows? Know. Who knows? Well, it, it, was, it was in the past, so yeah. Well, I mean, past. I mean, more than one year ago. Well, yeah, more than nine months ago. Yeah, yeah. That's why we had to, that's why we had to leave the big gap between podcasts to get it to age a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if we'd done this in March, it would have been like six months. Exactly, it would have made what? no sense. Here's the all-important question. Who is now driving the bus? Well, the uh, the Lex Express is being driven by Phil for the next month. Oh, boy. Where are you taking us? Where, where, where's, where's Daddy Phil taking us? Where are we going? Uncle Phil is taking you boys north of the border. Oh. We're taking you up north for a Canadian stampede. Oh, yeah. Oh, my holy hell. Uh, Cameron's Which, just <laughs> done. As a little... Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's like an indictment to our... For lack of regular <laughs> podcast, but I thought about this when it came up for Brian Pillman's like the anniversary of his death last year. <laughs> <laughs> wow, because uh, there was a lot of podcasts um, about Brian Pillman around that time. I'm sure it was last year, and I forgot what it was. Well, now. Way, but they said like way, this. <laughs> he see, um, apparently the quote from him was like, "This was like his favorite show." the main event that he was in was like the best one he was ever was, he was part of so I thought oh, we could talk about that on the podcast I'll do that for my next pick next month to so be fair, a year it's, later it's a good tribute because you know in, in, in the same way that we ran out of time to cover the show in a time late Brian Pillman just ran out of time in general oof um, we're warming up again I can feel it I can feel it <laughs> <laughs> getting that edge back now, I would just like to point out, this is a five-man show. It is not a long one. It's not a long one, but it's it, it was, I almost said something very terrible there. <laughs> didn't it count as, like, an in-your-house? So they were yeah, short. It wasn't was in your house, yeah, it was in-your-house. Oh, oh. Stampede. So they were, like, two hours, that. weren't they? Yes. Yeah, they, yeah originally, when the in-your-house... We haven't done it in-your-house before. Well, this is the first one. Yeah, the in-your-house... No, we haven't done an in-your-house. Actually, this is, like, a format show, technically. Um, because the uh, good ones and the new blackjacks was on free for all yes apparently so I've just read that it's still included on the actual thing though no you're oh, right good there's that. no we have, we were doing kind of main quote well I suppose no mercy would have been in the uh, and then your house show but they would have they faced out the brand by then hadn't they yeah that, that finished at that point like, no, yeah, um, yeah but I think and the they, show- they went up to three hours as of 97 I think I can't remember which one was the last two hour long in your house it was the uh, 97 time was like the, when they just shunned them up three hours again yeah. it used to be they were, they were just like little two hour shows that were like two thirds two thirds yeah. of the price or something like that was that a reaction to WCW I think possibly because okay, they were doing Clash of Champions every couple of months weren't they yeah <clears throat> they'd have like big shows and then do Clash of the Champions. I'm already. I actually have one major concern about. I'm assuming Al will be joining the show. Well, I have a great concern about how Al respectful and Takamichinoku against the great Sasuke, knowing Al. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he'll treat it with the respect that he's known for. Yep. This is like. This is 97. This is probably peak of the pure attitude era that's fair mm, 
97? Uh, uh, a couple of years early for the Archidera. No, no, the, the, the genesis of the Archidera. Yeah, but it's like the usual thing. It's like it takes. You know, WWE would like you to believe that they, they had these things that happened. And then, like a month later, oh, they, they shot him to stardom. The biggest bone of contention I ever have with WWE around about this time is they will claim that Steve Austin's 316 King of the Ring 96 um, promo shot him to instant fame. It bollocks, no, did it? it? Because the next month, or the next couple of months after that, they had him at SummerSlam 96. He was in a dark match with Yokozuna when it was the top rope broke. That's a bonkers one, that. <laughs> and yeah. so it hardly ever got broadcast. Yeah. And then it took them like almost two years to hand Steve Austin the world title. Yeah. So for them to sort of turn around, go Austin three sixteen launched all this. It did it. Fuck. <laughs> well, that was that was the same way as uh, establishing Jinder Mahal as a long term Indian <laughs> champion. Uh, yeah, uh, three time twenty four seven champion, Jinder Mahal. Thank you very much. Oh, I forget that's about. Can I just say that the belt is terrible, but yep. I just love the concept. Like the thing on the plane when you had R Truth sneaking through the plane to pin Jinder when he was asleep. I just they're trying to be DDT. I was, I was down with that though. I enjoyed that. It's not. It's the same stuff as you used to get with the hardcore belt, yeah, but just without is. the chair shots and yeah, the weapons. I, I, I like it. Trent getting pinned at his wedding. Uh, I do. I don't see. WWE going to a, a leisure centre and having people apply figure fours going down a slide. Well, we'll see. We'll see where they go. I mean, they, they was that match with like Cesaro pulled a team up for the ring and our truth was lying on it because he was hiding. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds about right. Yeah. And he's like, he just runs off because he gets pinned several times. Ah, oh, God. But I, I, I've been enjoying what they've been doing with it. Like, not that maybe the on the show, but the kind of like the weird YouTube clip they've been posting. Again, it's like the belt. The belt is horrific. It's terrible. Oh, the, belt horrible. Was, the belt was designed by a gunshot victim. <laughs> it's like okay, it's got a twenty-four-seven tire. What should we? What should the belt look like? A watch. <laughs> a yeah. watch designed by a person who has never seen a watch. Yeah, and clearly made by the leftovers of that belt. Braun Strowman won at the Greatest Royal Rumble. <laughs> we got, got some offcuts from the leather. Just making out of that job done. <laughs> Boom, we're off. It's, it's one of the worst belts they've debuted in a long time. Yeah, Paul McFurley got thrown under the bus for that. But anyway, oh, Jesus. Well, next be, podcast we're going to do. Fair, to be honest, McFurley will do anything for money now. Let's be fair. Well, you cannot, you know. I respect that. Mm, to a degree, I do. In that, I will do a lot for money as well. Anyways, um, <laughs> you know what's weird? What? I'm, looking, I'm just looking at the Canadian Stampede on Wikipedia the, the attendance uh, for that show was 12,151 that's only just more than All In yep there you go there's a thought to end the podcast on well, it's better than most of the other thoughts we've had during the podcast you know we must have finished with something reasonably happy <laughs> or, or factual actually yes well yeah <laughs> non-liable <laughs> preferably non-liable <laughs> join us next time for probably plenty of libel because uh, you know the yeah, fourth conquistable will return Join us for the Chris Benoit hour. Oh my god. <laughs> Chris Benoit story hour. <laughs> Brought to you by Bullflex. Oh. oh. Just go. I'll, I'll end it now. Just get out. Run out of the room. <laughs> oh dear.
any art space that we can get out there. The kids doing youth theatre, youth dance, anything creative. Do it, do it, do it. It's got to be good fun. Keep it light. And you never know where it might lead you. It might lead you to be a gladiator.